Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. You can find me on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. Spelling G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. going to roll so now now we are live joel so, okay All right. uh, we had to cut everything joel just said out for no, just <laughs> for legal reasons for, for legal reasons so um joel wood back friend of the show dan frederick first time on the show i'd say friend of the show he's listened to long time listener first time guest there you go i like that um he called in he, he won the uh, sweepstakes to be on the jo- the next joel show so here he is um <laughs> you found it on a bubblegum wrapper i'm pretty sure right yeah, That's yeah what he it got was. the short straw so yeah. he's with us today but uh dan joel um you guys are How'd you guys meet? High school. Yeah. Big Town. Was it high or was it middle? So I think it was somewhere between because I came from West Shazie and you came from Cumberland Head. How many years have we been going strong now? <laughs> More fingers than I have. Yeah. That's pretty <laughs> impressive. Um, so, well, I think when I, I don't know who I met, like when we were talking about it, but then you put two and two together, you guys were college roommates at one yep. point. Yep. Yeah. That's actually a pretty funny story. There's yeah. a lot of stories there. So... So I chickened out for college, to be perfectly honest with you. Here, Dan, pull it. Pull yeah, yeah, yeah. So I chickened out Here. for college, okay. right? I didn't, I was so anxious about applying to colleges that I just decided I'll go to the closest one. I'll go to the one that I know. Okay. Went to Plattsburgh State. Figured I'll just show up on the first day and I didn't want to live with my parents. I wanted to live in campus. Yeah. Didn't have a plan for roommates. You had a plan for roommates. I did. It fell through though. It Ooh, fell through on the story. first day. Yeah. They were going to triple bunk me. I, I was think, like, no, no bueno. Were we in the office at the same time? I think we ran into each other on that day. Yes. And you were like, my roommates fell through. Yes. And I'm like, I don't have roommates. We went, roommates. I, I lied to the housing office. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I have asthma. And they were like, you do? And I was like, I have whatever will get me out of being triple bunked. Triple bunked. <laughs> a bunk bed and a floor bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got six toes. All right, uh, yeah, yeah. I have fins and webbed feet. <laughs> and they were like, oh yeah, you can't be in a triple. I was like, no, I can't be in a triple. <laughs> So that was it. Just like that was it. Yeah, you guys obviously knew each other before. That. We did. So we, we, were, we were good friends through high school. Yeah. Um, you know, we we ran the stage. You could say for Model UN in the area. Yeah, we, we had a regime. For yes, like three or four years in high school. Took it international. Won some international awards. Yeah, we went to Harvard Model UN together. We were partners, so it was always you, you partnered up, and um, and uh, Dan was uh, the enforcer. That's what I used to say. You used to have to try to get people to like sign on to your resolutions. And I'd be like, Dan, we need like at least three countries to sign on to this resolution. He'd like go out and get like seven. And they'd all come back. They'd be very afraid. Well, I, which I, 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 go, I go to the shy kids in the back. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, hey, just sign this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was kind of, it was like good cop, bad cop. It was. So Dan yeah. was by far the bad cop. <sighs> Strong cop. I guess I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Like the enforcer, like I said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The muscle. No. Yeah, he was a guy in the back back line of uh, hockey, defender on the hockey. Yes, right? yes. Basically, yes. Just yeah. Molly one's pretty cool. Are you familiar? Uh, I was around here. It's kind it. of a thing. I, yes. Well, I never was in it. So it's gotcha. Yeah. So we went to Shazy. Um, that now has a pretty good program. They started right, right, back yes. uh, when I was a kid. The f- they literally started. I was eligible to do it, and I was like, I'm not doing it. And it wasn't because I thought it was like dumb. I just didn't want to put the time into it. So I was kind of maybe lazy on my end or like I was in sports and stuff and I just didn't want any more on my plate. But 
the guy there that runs it, um, Steve Cross, Steve Cross, who's been there. Since Remember the, him? No, I don't think I do. You would if he's like, okay. like he big military guy. Oh, yeah. Like he actually uh, left to go over. He got uh, deployed when he was my teacher. Bald. Yep. Yes, I do know yep. him. Yes. He's bald. Yep. Yeah. Or like, like. Oh, he had hair. He had hair back then. Okay. He's bald now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Years ago, not to right. not to out Mr. Cross. Here. Sorry, yeah, Mr. Mr. Cross. I apologize. <laughs> he's got a big, yeah. So you guys. Yeah. I, this was like 2005, maybe when I had him, and he he had deployed over to Iraq because he was active military at the time too. So he was a oh, teacher, wow. and yeah. So it was a great a great story with him. But um, big huge beard, like, and end up basically taking it from nothing to I think now they won some really big award last year. You guys like were always our biggest school. Something like in at the, Harvard, they won a Harvard Small School Award. You guys might know. Better so we than we I did think. win that when we were in school, yes. but no one's won it since us. So, they so that, that'd be a big that'd one. be a big deal if they got it. Yeah. So they got that. It was a big. Whoa, thing. They whoa. won it at Model UN in Harvard. Whoa, 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 whoa! They <laughs> won it. They won it. They took our spot. They took our spot. They took our spot. What are you doing next weekend? <laughs> Let's go to high school, man. <laughs> Let's go get those signatures. <laughs> the enforcer. <laughs> It's the sound so, effects. I'm back for sound effects so, round so, two. So, <laughs> I don't even need a switchboard. We're good. We got Joel. Um, now, what was... Okay, so first off, before we get into other stuff here, you, uh, you guys both kind of made an appearance in here. Dan came in first, carrying two tote bags of... We have about 18 different ways to make coffee here. Um, I like coffee, and I, to be honest, I feel like I'm not even worthy to sit at this table right now with the amount of coffee that Dan just brought in. I just and, like coffee. And I like coffee, but... You got an aggressive setup here. I know what most well, of them are, but it. some yeah. of them I don't. So I'd like to you to explain. And then Joel comes in with a kettle, and the first thing Dan says is starts talking about the kettle, and then he's wearing an elf Christmas hat. No, 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 it's not an elf Christmas hat. That's Yoda. That's Yoda, Yoda, my friend. Hat. You got to put it on for a reprieve. And 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 I Dan, will. Dan compl- basically completely like looked over the fact that he was wearing this Yoda Christmas hat and started he, talking about the kettle. I'm like, wait, can we talk about the hat? Like, why is it? it he it, texted me last August, night and he's like, he's like, do you have a holiday tie? I was like, yes, but I can't find it. He's like, do you have anything holiday themed? Sweater, hat? I was like, yeah. And he's like, wear it. And he doesn't wear anything. This yeah. is our friendship. This is what we do. Did you guys match shirts too? Well, yeah, so, I'm glad he did that. So I, I did that because I felt bad later on that you'd show up in holiday. <laughs> did theme. you know you guys were wearing like salmon pink yes. shirt? Yes, okay. that was the plan. I have elf pajamas like from the movie I Elf. I wish you would have worn those. I, I was close. I had this feeling deep in my gut like you were pulling my leg. So I was like, I need to do something that I can get out of. Like, I need to be able to take off my hat. If I'm sitting here in a onesie for the entire podcast <laughs> episode. yourself up. Like, what's it your would fa- make the photo. Yeah, it would. It would. Galen, what's your favorite color? Green. Okay. It's buddy the Elf, what's your favorite color? Blue. Okay. Why am I Buddy? No, I was like, I think that was from the movie, right? Oh, right. Like, yeah, but was his favorite color, like candy cane or something? Yeah, it's yeah. Like multicolored? Great, yeah. great movie. Yeah. But... Um, so that was just, a, that was like a joke. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you actually like walked in. It was good. Like you walked in, you owned it. He didn't, he didn't know, he didn't know it was a joke. It was a Yoda Christmas wearing hat with a, with a kettle. It basically brought Correct. us the gift of the kettle. So we, I told him we were playing a joke on you. I and, told him we were going to joke, joke you and wear Christmas outfits. And baby Which wipes. Which I'm, we, I, I brought in baby wipes too. And I'm still not sure if they were part of the joke or if we needed them for <laughs> Wait, something. Wait, that was you who brought it? Yeah. 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 Why? Just because. Just he just makes bring me bring, yeah. yeah, random things. He said bring baby wipes. Yeah. So yeah. did you go to the store and purposely buy baby wipes? No, he no, asked me, I, I, have I, have an, I have antibacterial, is that okay? I'm like, yeah, it's fine. I have like a Costco amount of, of baby wipes Oh, do you have the, the, the white and green one with the green pop top? I, I probably do. I have oh. a lot. I have a, a lot of baby we have wipes. That, we have that Costco box and we're still like two years into it. The wipes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have, oh, we have, I have wipes. I just wanted you to bring them, by the way. He also asked me for a 1919 wheat head penny. 
I looked all night, man. I kept texting every so, hour until he found so, it. So I, 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 <laughs> so I read, I read, I read the uh, Lorax to my son, and he asked for like a fifteen cents and a nail, and then a great, great, great grandfather snail. So that's part of it. Just these random things ah, you got to give to the Lorax yeah, or the yeah. Onesler, I should say. So, um, so what do we got here for coffee? You want? Are we waiting for the kettle still? To, yeah, to, I'm not sure when that thing will pop off. Do you? Uh, it already did. How do you know? Uh, the little thing in the back there, it yeah. uh, turns from orange to white. Unless, did you already pop it down? I did. It popped back up. Yep. Then it should be good. But we'll we'll, it's we'll not do hot. It, we'll take okay okay so that light just went on so this might have a few, a few more minutes to kind of yeah boil pro- up. we okay. probably we probably have about two two minutes oh it's we'll, fine yeah. we got time yeah. yeah yeah so so while we go through what do we got yeah for coffee absolutely. here and then we'll like dive into it so this is a, this is a coffee pod right so now. we brought all uh, freestanding oh here now freestanding uh, coffee roasters or coffee brewers so it doesn't require a stove it requires some way to heat water they all can be also used to do iced coffee or cold brew. But since it's a quick brew, it's not going to get the same benefits that cold brew has. I figured we'll start with the V60 pour over. Okay. It's a very neutral. Um, is that the Chemex? Very similar. So a Chemex is its own unique design, and it's all basically the design of the funnel down to the opening. So if you go to a traditional pour over, the f- opening at the base of the funnel is super small, and the funnel's rather steep. Mm-hmm. And that causes the coffee and the water to sit for a little bit longer, so it has a longer um, expression from the beans. The V60 is a very classic roasting or brewing style that has that wide bit, so it flows through very quickly. Um, but the condition of water and the uh, the glass is very similar to a Chemex. The Chemex is a little bit more narrow, a little more steeper on the sides. So, so it'll be it'll be very oily, um, very full bodied. So the V60 yep. is that what kind of what kind of filters are you putting in that? Flat filters. Nope, so it's going to be a cone filter. It will be. So it'll, it'll, okay. look, it'll look like a Chemex filter. Okay. All right. um, although I think most Chemex filters are kind of one piece that folds in on itself versus yep. the V60s, they're pre-folded. So it looks like a, it's the brown bit next to Joel. It's kind of a, a brown gotcha. triangular napkin that you then pop open into a cone instead of wrapping in on itself. Okay, so we have that. And what's we the next that. contraption? We've got a French press. Okay. The classic immersion style. And then I brought an AeroPress, which I know you're familiar with. But I, have, I have that and a French. And then that's just a grinder, right? It is just a grinder. grinder. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. So the AeroPress is going to be a combination of both with an addition of pressure. So the AeroPress, right, requires you to press on it. Right. Joel looks very confused. Right. So I got to no, 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 no. break for, this down for, no, 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 no. For, for, for the listeners back home, behind me, sitting on Galen's desk, just to paint the picture for you, it looks like a cross between an apothecary lab. Yeah. Uh, the scene from Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would say. I mean, we're we're really taking this to whole new heights. So there's like four bags of coffee over there. There are a couple a, bags of coffee. A creamer yep. over there, just in case anybody wants to. Do you, you guys take stuff with cream or no? I, I so bad coffee. I put cream in it. Good coffee. I take it black. Okay. So I'm hoping today. I'm, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping today we all at least try it black. I'm the same. I know I, I've worked with Joel cream before. Guy? I'm a cream, cream, I'm a cream guy. I'm a cream guy. Yeah, you make it look discolored. Just just a splash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like if I look at it, and it's not black. Like I'll put I'll put like a heavy cream in my coffee. Yeah. If I go like uh, certain places, if they have it, I'll add it. Just kind of like like the thickness of it. But ninety percent of the time, it's black. So that's the cool thing about the AeroPress is that you can take the the coffee you make is super concentrated and dilute it with water. So it almost becomes Americano style, where it's it, it's a diluted espresso. See, I love Americanos. So you, so you, but you put cream and sugar in your Americanos, don't you? Uh, splash of milk, I believe. So what, what the what the milk or cream does in coffee traditionally is it cuts the acidity, and so coffees that are brewed hot tend to have a much stronger acidity level, especially okay. when they're 
concentrated the way the arrow presses. Okay. We made uh, the board game day we had. The oh, Lord of the Rings yeah. For like 16 That's hours. right. I've done the arrow. So, so we, yeah, did, yeah. we did iced arrow press that yeah. day. Yeah. yeah that so we, we spent We spent 16 hours playing the Lord of the Rings role-playing game. Uh, we entirely, we recreated all three movie films in board game fashion. In one board game. In but one then, board game. Wait, did you make it up? No, it's a board game that you <laughs> oh, can purchase. Okay. I was like, it, was, yeah. it was in our heads the whole time. It's, it's okay. like, I was like, it's like 300 pieces. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, 300 miniatures. You recreate every battle from the Lord of the Rings well, universe. You're supposed to. But uh, then, you can, yeah. I, I, so, I have Mon- so I've never played that. I have Monopoly up there. We've never opened it. I know it's a long game. At one point in time, I'm just going to have Monopoly game night in the boardroom. Heck just yeah. that I just want to like set it up. That'd be awesome. And just play Monopoly with people that want to play and just know it takes a long time and just say, we don't care. We're yeah. going to play. Yeah. Um, so then, okay, so the AeroPress, Dan, I still use the recipe of the AeroPress that you texted me like a year ago. It was like, it's, uh, and the thing is, it's like, I think 200 grams of water, it's 19 grams of coffee, 200 grams of water, mix it, 75 grams of water, mix it, and then basically just press it out. And it tastes fine. It tastes great. I've always used it. I haven't really played much with it. But you told me they have like an AeroPress like championship. So yeah, they have the the World AeroPress games. No yeah, way. Yeah, just tell me about so this. So what I just handed you, Galen, is an espresso cap for an AeroPress. So espresso has, cap. It okay. has the pressurized valve on the end of it. Because the problem okay. with the AeroPress is that it can't build the full 9 to 13 bars that espresso requires. Okay. But by having that pressure valve on it, it lets it build up a little bit more, like closer to six or seven versus like three to five. So you cap this on the bottom and You do. It. So instead of your filter, you put this on. Gotcha. And it creates more of an espresso type brew. So you don't need the paper filters with that one. Correct. Okay. So we're going with the, uh, what is this, V60? V60. What's V60 stand for? Sorry, Dan's off mic, so you can just yell. That's fine. I don't actually know. V60 is just a, the Haribo classic manufacturer. Okay, so basically we're just warming up the water right now, warming up the mugs, making sure the mugs are nice and toasty. Is that part of the process? Well, it, it's nice to warm up your mug just so it's not cold. It's more, of, I, I, I think it's more of a taste thing, but I don't know if it actually affects the coffee. It just keeps your coffee. Yeah, it's definitely a texture. And yeah, it's just, it's like anything else. It's like just, it's like a little bit yeah, of hot tea. Yeah, yeah. You just want to make sure that it just warms up the actual mug. I like that. Because like your mugs, typically mugs are cold. So if you have like a nice warm mug and then you put warm coffee in it, one, it keeps your coffee warmer, longer. So it's kind of, you know, it's like a cheat. So you don't need like a pot or, do you use a heat plate at all? You know the people that put like their mug of coffee on a heat plate so it's always warm? I have one at the office. Does it work? Uh, it's one of the ones where you can take it off the heat plate and it's still got a battery in the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. And then you can keep it on like a certain temperature, like 135 or 140. I like it a lot. Um, the battery doesn't last long, and if you leave it on too long, it kind of like it like creates like this like film at the bottom of the mug. And plus, yeah. they're hard to wash too. I mean, they're because they're battery. They have a battery in them. Yeah. So you I, gotta like wash just the inside and not let any water get on the outside. So the the actual heat the actual heat plate. I've never been. I've never used one. Yeah. But like I usually just put coffee in, or I'll put it like in a insulated yeah, yeah. mug or whatever, and that keeps it hot. A Yeti will keep it hot all day. Forever. Yeah. I didn't have a lot of... So yesterday I had coffee in the morning. I met another guy for coffee. I got iced coffee. Ooh. So we went to chapter one, got iced coffee. It was great. Finished it. Came back. I never touched the rest of my coffee. Last night I dumped out half, like, not this size. It was a little bit smaller uh, Yeti, but half of it with coffee. I didn't even get to it because it's, like, hot. So yeah. you're, like, sipping on it. Yeah. Next thing you realize, like, to actually drink, like, 20 ounces of really hot coffee it takes a long time because you just sip at it. Versus iced coffee would have been gone in five minutes. Yeah, quick. You drink it like water. So... Um, Joel's favorite barista is Mike. His what? Your favorite barista is Mike. Mike. 
Microwave. Ah, yeah. He's famous <laughs> for microwaving his coffee. Oh, I microwave my coffee multiple times uh, throughout I've, the day. I've done that. I'll do it on weekends if I overmake the coffee, and next thing I know, it's sitting and sitting and sitting. Yeah. But now I bought a new. I basically bought something new that keeps the coffee hotter longer. So I have a double insulated. Ooh. I bought a really good drip machine. So I like doing French press. I like those better, I like the AeroPress. But the mornings, I I set up the night before, get in the morning, kind of like do the last bit bit of prep, yep. and then. Let it go. Go take a shower, and it's ready. Because it, French press is more hands-on. You got to be there. AeroPress, same thing. You got to be watching it. You got to be measuring. Yep. This is I do all the measuring before. Just let it go. So I would say five days out of the week I go that route, and my weekends are when I get to like play around, do a little bit of what Dan's doing right now. But I gotta get I gotta get like a, a pour over because I think most people that do pour overs say that that's their preferred method of coffee. Why do you think that is? I think it's a mouthfeel. I think, it's, I think it's the experience of this process, and it's the mouth that you get from it. So my goal is to do this and a couple things back-to-back so you can kind of feel them all differently. And so... I'm pumped. So there, there's basically different... It smells good in here. Different flavors. Oh, it smells great. Yeah, it's like yeah. different flavors of each is going to extract a different taste for the most part. Are we using the yes. same beans in all these? So, so we, we can. We don't have to. But the main difference in each of the brewing styles is more of a texture okay right? you can you can squeeze a rock and get water out of it but the way you squeeze it depends on what you get okay so you can't squeeze rocks right? uh, yeah i was about to i, I was, was about I to kind say of something. thought since dan said it so fluidly i said maybe you can squeeze <laughs> rocks. oh i was calling him on it but it was it, it like, was kind of like a pressure thing eventually a certain pressure it's like uh there's certain like diamonds like a certain pressure yeah. that's how you get diamonds like yeah. so a lot of it's like maybe that's Diamonds or rocks? Heat and pressure. The water's got to come out of the rock, I mean, right? At a certain point, a rock has to turn into something if it's compressed most, uh, hard enough. And rocks are porous. I'm sure there's water in rocks, right? Uh, we got to dump... Is it hot water? Yeah. We got to dump this out? Yeah. Let me... Here. We'll go dump it real quick. Okay. You, you guys keep talking. Oh. Is it... Did you just chug it? Just warm water. Oh, okay. Jeez, I thought it was like boiling water. Yeah, that wasn't bad. That's I, mean, else. I don't think I'm going to drink as fast as you because I think it like too much might scorch it. But so today we're we're not uh, we're not keeping track of our water temps. That's one thing that we're not controlling for. So is that a thing that it's is a big normally thing. done? Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's a really big thing that to do reproducible brews, you want to reproduce as many of the core uh, components as possible. So bean, the grind, the brew time the extraction time, and the water temperature, and water quality even. Um, so typically when I boil water, I let it sit for a little bit to go down from what 212 is boiling down to about 200? Yeah, I, I do most of my brews right around 197, 202. So you let it after it hits, well, I don't even really, I don't even, I don't actually measure it, I just let it go, and then I'll let it sit for about maybe 30 seconds to a minute, and let it just cool down slightly, and then I'll start pouring it. Come down from a pie. So it's a, you're more. You actually put like a thermometer. In. I do, yeah. yeah. So I've tried doing that, but then sometimes like it's tough because in the kettle. So. Well, that's the beauty of also the AeroPress is that you don't really have to do that. If you put the water in just under boiling, it's rather measurable and reproducible. Yeah, because it do, it does start, it starts to lose that heat very quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. So you go from like two twelve down to where we're talking within thirty to a minute. Right. Just as pouring it through the air and then the non insulated AeroPress and like the the glass. That's why the most important thing. You don't always have to warm your mugs, but you should always warm your brewing vessel especially with a V60 or a Chemex or any kind of pour over because the glass will extract a lot of that 
temperature right from the ground before it even gets to the coffee and the coffee that comes out will be naturally colder you see the microwave i uh, typically put it on a power level three okay. for all of you back home power level three you don't want to be uh, too powerful it's typically a 10 and you're gonna you're gonna microwave it for 30 seconds it's the quick and easy option in the mug of which you poured it how much how much volume of coffee is in there you know, that's a good question. Um, usually I can't drink um, just what remains, which is, I don't know, somewhere between two and a half, three ounces of coffee. So I nuke it, and then I pull it out, and it usually scalds and burns my mouth. And then I'll let it sit until it gets cold again, and then I start the process all over. <laughs> so, so there's some science to this. There's a lot of feel to it. Joel's, Joel's got, over time, he's just gotten that feel of... Did it burn my mouth? It did. Okay. It did. So okay. Let's sit a little bit longer. Yeah, that was 27 seconds too long. So next time I got to... Yeah, there is a scientific method to all of this. It's kind of... It's kind of well, I mean, I, I laugh, but that's how I do popcorn. Oh, yeah. Like, it's like oh, 2.30. Yeah. I'm like, well, 2.30 bur- like burns yeah. it. And then yeah. it's like, okay, well, 2.10. Nope, no. there's still some kernels. Like, I've got it down. I think it's like 2.23. You press the popcorn button? <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's I li- risky. I is your microwave a beverage button? It does. You don't trust that either. I don't trust I it. I use it. You do? I use it. Yeah, not often. It's not smart enough, man. I think it's the only one I've ever done there. is like meat, defrosting meat. I'll I'll put like one pound of meat and I'll hit it and it'll be like nine minutes. But it seems risky. I, I know. Seems risky, but I'll 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 trust the uh, I'll trust the microwave people. But I don't get anxiety like when I see twelve minutes pop up when I'm defrosting I meat. I do. I get anxiety. Oh yeah, I do. Terrible. I think I get anxiety anything over like three or four minutes. Well, you, I'll stand you, there you, watching the meat the entire twelve minutes. You get anxiety if you don't cook it yourself. I get anxiety. From talking about me getting anxiety, I'm anxious. Um, <laughs> do you cook a lot? Um, yes, I do. I'm actually the main cooker in my household. Okay. Yep. Dan, you too, or so we've been doing a lot of HelloFresh. Okay. And I don't know if that's I can. A great I, option. I don't know if I can necessarily consider that to be. I think that's cooking. Yeah, but like unique cooking or like individualistic cooking, but. Well, I, yes, I take I take food and I prepare it into a meal. What's the difference yeah, but, from like looking up a recipe and buying yeah, it's ingredients? The same thing. It's the same well, thing. I don't do so. So when I have the mental space and the time to do it, I love to improv food. Like I love to just yeah. wing it. Like yeah, I'll, that's true. like I'll go like I want curry today, but I don't want to look up how to do curry because I get anxious reading all the instructions and I get anxious seeing all the things I don't have. Mm-hmm. So I make it work with what I don't have. So that's the way I like to cook, right? But I think that comes from working in restaurants for so long when I was in college. Yeah, Dan worked at uh, Anthony's for a while. As a cook or front front of the house kind of thing? Front of the house. So okay. I, did, I did Anthony's for a couple of years in college, and then I worked in Potsdam and a couple of different restaurants, too. Um, That's where I got most of my Thai collection, was from Dan, actually. Yes. Yeah. It's a significant Th- amount of Thai collection. Thai collection. Th- physical Thai. Thai. Like, okay. Thai, I thought yeah. Thai food. I'm like, maybe? I'm like, oh. Anthony's got Thai food. <laughs> uh, you guys Thai food people? Oh, huge. yes. Huge. huge. That's what, what we used to do in high school. What's your go-to? Sawadee is that? I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, tie yeah, around. Locally, yeah. oh, I think they do good. I oh, love, love that place. Kugai yeah. is my favorite. It's K U A G U A. Yes, Kugai with pork. I've not had it. Chicken cashew nut is my go-to. Um, oh, yam tom salad though. You had a yam tom salad which before. That? That's the papaya and carrots. Yeah, uh, I might have. So I had I had a friend. Uh, he was Korean, but he like knew a lot of the Asian foods. Like that was like he grew up with it. So he had like a very. Like, he knows the sushi very well. He knows Thai very well. So, like, he introduced me to a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't know what it was called. So, I might have had it. Okay. It, you, I loved it. it. it did it smell? Because it smells. I, it, I, it has a smell that's beyond all reproach. Like, you well, No, they, no. They, there, there's reproach for it. Oh. It's the kind of reproach you don't want to have after a night in a college dorm. Yeah, that's true. So, I don't know if I had that. One of my favorite things he ever made, we called it... What well, was nickname? We called him a Sanger. Like, 
I have made nothing. Like his name was He Sung, but then we said like instead of He Sung, He Sang. Then it came <laughs> Sanger. Then it became Sang. So really, there's no reason why his name was that. But that's what we call him. So he ended up introducing us to this pork, and there was a fish sauce that we put on it. So it was fish sauce with shallots and brown sugar. It makes the most amazing pork chop like <laughs> marinade ever, Ooh. and it stunk to the high heavens. Mm-hmm. This sauce. But when you, I mean, it stunk like the actual stuff stunk. And then once you like mixed it all up and put it with the chick or pork and, and basically did like a quick pork chop uh, grill on it, it was amazing. It tastes delicious. It was yeah. absolutely amazing. Yeah. It was like so tender. And so we always joked it was like amazing, but it was like you didn't want to cook it because it was gross. It smelt bad. But that's a Yom Tom salad. He definitely knew it was Thai food. Yep. I believe that. Yep. Yeah, Thai food's go to. Delicious. I just had it a couple days ago, actually. They have a new curry on the menu. It's really one? good. I don't know. It was a it was a brown curry with a rice noodle, I believe, and then it had like the crispy rice noodles on top. Sounds awesome. Yeah, it had some good stuff. In you try the pongari. That might have been it. It's green. Nope. It's green. It's got it's got a lot of egg in it. It's very good. I think I'll it's over to... rice. Okay. Pongari. Pongari. Next time I order, I'm going to text you. It's like, it's, it's, like, it's, like a mi- it's like a mild curry, but it's very flavorful. It's super great. You already know I'm going to Thai food tonight, and I'm taking a picture in front of Thai and sending yeah. it to you. Right? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. With the finger pointing just, up. Just like the Chipotle one. Yes. So I was like, I'm going to Chipotle. I'm like, hey, you might go to Chipotle. No, 20 I, I minutes later, I got a picture of Chipotle. Oh, yeah. I was there. Get a big bowl. I was like, I did it. So. Uh, so okay, so back to the coffee. So what are we talking about here? Like, what's the flavoring? Like, what? So this is a this is a Papua New Guinea. Um, is the the bean, which is one of my favorites. Honestly, couldn't tell you specific tasting notes for it without reading it. But so it's what, good. Now g- give us kind of when it comes down to uh, let's call it regions of the of the world. What's your favorite? So Papua New Guinea that is out in Philippines or no? Am I wrong on that? Isn't that out in the south in the Pacific? I don't. Th- I want to say it's like out, kind of like in the Philippines, so. north of like New Zealand, out in that way. We have any listeners from Papua New Guinea? <laughs> have you seen that? You look at those data metrics. You know what's actually funny? People number one listening base obviously the U.S. Number yeah. two Canada okay. naturally, and yep. then number three, it's all over the place. I actually randomly I know one guy that travels a lot. Yeah. So I can kind of tell where he's been because uh, I can see where he's downloaded. Uh, like he's downloading Italy or Germany. I, but then it's, it was weird because, and I'll have to, actually, I might, Joel, grab my phone right behind you if you can. It's sitting on the cradle by my computer. Oh, yeah, I got that. I don't that. know if you can, can you reach that? Yeah, um, yeah I got that. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, I'll check because there was a couple countries on there that I was actually kind of curious. I'm like, how did that one get here? Well, like, how did someone in this area, and it was a, a decent amount of downloads, which my guess is probably just one person listening, but they had downloaded like over 10. Wow. 10 downloads. And it might have been like the Netherlands or it might have been. It was like a weird. But you have a fan. You have a long a long time listener. I, I guess so. It was, like, it was just like an odd, which makes me think there has to be somebody that has ties to the region because I've never interviewed anybody not in person here. So like some people have traveled here. They've been in town and knew that they were in town, kind of coordinated for them to come on. But they may, they weren't necessarily like from somewhere else. Yeah, but you have a good show. So maybe they stumbled across it. They're searching for, I don't know, the the g- g- something, G <laughs> GTE, and then they find your podcast. They listen to an episode. They're like, oh, I can get behind this. I, I think... I don't, I don't understand a word they're speaking, but I like the inflection in their voice. <laughs> speaking of inflections and voices, do you want us to do an ad spot for you? Oh, yes. An ad spot? We'd, yeah, like, to do, we'd like to do an ad spot. We'd like to do an ad spot. Oh, okay. So. <clears throat> Welcome. To the TGTS show, the Great Talking Show show. Here we are with Galen Trumbly. 
and my my co-host joel wood galen thanks for joining us today we are here in the beautiful city of plattsburgh we've got a balmy 90 degree day as tom messner would say high humidity very high this show is today brought to you by coffee keeps you running keeps you running through keeps you running out disclaimer drinking too much coffee can lead to a number of different problems including insomnia sleeping too much insomnia sleeping too much having too many children having too few children running jumping laughing on a beach talking too fast talking to dogs and ducks if sleeping too much persists too long contact your doctor four hours is too long (laughs) (laughs) we didn't rehearse it no we didn't rehearse it was it good that was good all right thanks you guys are hired great cool Uh, so So for your first question galen what would you do if you weren't a realtor if i wasn't a realtor uh is this something that i could pick one job and do it meaning it doesn't matter what my skill or knowledge level is so so something that i legitimately could do it would be a rewind back to the first time you decided to be a realtor what if you had decided that day to do something else what would it be not not a tomorrow thing, but a back in time thing. Um, okay, so I got my real estate license. I was 21 years old in college, studying for global supply chain management. Ooh, um, got a degree in that, so it's fun fact. Um, I, didn't I was know one of that. the first classes to get it because I think they, I think when I was in school was the first grad, like I was a freshman or sophomore, and that was their first year of actually graduating people with that degree. Okay, so I was probably in the first three or four years of that degree. Um, great program, very good around this area. I don't really know what I would have done because I got my license. I did an internship for it. I hated my internship, not the company. I just hated like what I was doing. Um, decided to stay in real estate for like three or four years. And I kept thinking, like, what will I do next? Uh, before I kind of, it kind of clicked with me. Why like real estate selling is boring to me, but like why you do it for the people kind of thing got to me. And then what would I have changed though? That's tough because I didn't really have a plan. I guess... I probably would have done something in supply chain just because I had a degree. So by by default, I would have just gone there. I didn't have a ton of connections. I was from the area, but not really. I was a I was like a Shazy homebody. I knew some people from other places, but like I didn't grow up in Plattsburgh. I didn't really grow up and know like a bunch of people. So meaning I wouldn't have had a lot of connections to get into positions of places, if that makes sense. Like I wouldn't have known people to like tell me other jobs that existed. I was just more of like, I got a degree. I guess I'll go in for something in my degree because I was, what, 21 years old. And I yeah. just didn't know there's other cool things. So I don't know what it would have been. I feel like that's typical of someone coming out of college though. Like you have a degree, you think like that's the thing I have to do. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I have to do it. But the internship was nice. I mean, even though you didn't like it, right? Correct. I mean that that's just as important. I there's a few things, if not more. Oh, absolutely. There's a few things that kind of taught me what I wanted to do with my life and the avenue with what I wanted to do for work and what I wanted to avoid. Mm-hmm. And I got that from honestly lousy bosses or or I say lousy, but people I just didn't like gel with very well or an internship and it kind of pointed me of like stuff I didn't want to do or how I didn't want to act or and that kind of positioned me as to where I'm now which I don't know I don't really have a good answer because I didn't have really anything and I stumbled into real estate but kind of not really getting into it for good reasons I guess just like sure I was I just didn't want to work a nine-to-five job I was like I mean in my position Without going too deep into it, I basically just wanted to kind of set my own schedule. Okay. And, um, and then I kind of just was making enough in real estate, which I was making more than I worked before. So I was like, hey, it's kind of a win-win. And then I kind of was 
grew up and with growing up comes expenses. And then you realize like, Oh, I actually have to like work hard. And then, yeah. and then I got married and knew I was going to start having kids. And then I kind of kicked myself in my own ass and just kind of <laughs> made myself work harder. And that's where I got to. Today. Well, it was an internship that kind of pushed me out of my career field too. You know, our first internship with Bill Owens. Oh yes. Yeah. So my first bachelor's degree is in political research. Okay. Well, Joel's would be political science and plastic yep. state pot, pot stamp calls it political research. Yep. But I did a, internship with a congressional campaign and just didn't wasn't my cup of tea you know i didn't i didn't i couldn't see myself it was on the camp it was on the campaign end of things so right it was 2008 no 12 we, we were oh, 12 were we we were high school though weren't we were we going into it was a long time ago i did one in college yeah. i think i did one in high school too yeah, yeah but like for me i just couldn't see myself struggling to be that kind of ground pounder mm-hmm. to earn my place yeah, in a career a lot of door knocking a lot of phone calls right. i mean it was it was it was dirty campaign work right not not dirty in the sense of you know illegal <laughs> like or sketchy, on the ground and like yeah. Working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah hard work and yeah. Like, yeah. I, did, I didn't mind doing it but i couldn't see myself doing it forever yeah so i finished my degree but then i went to emt school at the same time and then nursing school after that and that was just and what was the switch for you on that so i think my, my switch was really just so I think I think it was around that time. Um, so I was at Plattsburgh State still when I decided that I would take my bachelor's degree and use it to get a a master's level degree. Yes. Um, in healthcare, either as a master's of public health or PA NP. Medical school is always out of the question because I don't have the patience for it or the I don't like school enough to be there forever. But when I went to Potsdam, that's when I got really active in the EMT world, and I kind of transitioned there from just finishing my bachelor's degree just to get a bachelor's degree without having the grades or the classes needed to continue to a master's program. I just wanted to get done with a bachelor's degree as quick as possible and start working as quick as possible. Wait, so what got you, so help EMT yeah. got you into the healthcare field. So what got you into EMT? So it's something I've been doing my whole life. I've got family in Connecticut that we used to go and uh, visit in the summertime and they were super big into EMS down there. Mm-hmm. So from a young age, I've always been interested in healthcare and wanted to do something in healthcare. I got my first EMT license the year we graduated high school, so 2012. And but I couldn't use it when I was in Plattsburgh because I lived in the city. And the city's the paid fire department, but out in Potsdam, everything's volunteer. Yep. So yep. I was able to go out there and work. Got a job. Worked in the ER there. He would never say it because he's modest, but he's very good at his job, and I've heard it I, from multiple people. I'm, I'm sure. He, I'm sure he is. I was gonna yeah. say. I think anything Dan does is probably done at a, a fairly high level of. Thanks, guys. Of. Uh, if, if, if you're, if you're, anything you do in life is as good as like you with the coffee, then I think you're fine. <laughs> like, I think you would excel at anything you do. Yeah. So Katrina is delicious. Katrina worked at the coffee shop in Potsdam called Jernabi. And we okay. got, we got really close with the owner who's, um, who roasts his beans. Was that the, no. So it's the silver bag, the ring of fire. Silver. Okay. Yes. You haven't gotten there yet, but he bought his first roaster from, oh, I forget his first name, uh, Adirondack coffee roasters. I don't know the owner, but I, I, yeah, so, I don't know his name, but you know the guy. Uh, yeah. So I just learned this recently from talking to him that he actually has a side company that sells commercial roasting equipment. Oh. Adirondack Coffee yeah. Roasters? Yeah, and okay. so fun fact for you, That's they're actually nice yeah. they're actually going to start this winter selling uh, private and personal roasters. So you can get a roaster for your garage, and he'll sell you the beans. You can roast your own beans. So I've roast, I have a roaster at my house. Okay, I do, but, but but I guarantee you it's not the probably the grade that he has. So I'm interested in this. Yes. When I was a, when I was in college, I ended up going and I got some beans down in Albany. So you really couldn't find a lot of beans locally. Is that a monkey? No, it was. Uh, 
Uh, it wasn't. There's like Monkey House or something. Nope, it was on Lark Street. Um, and I'm trying to think the name of it. If you said it, I don't think I don't think it was Uncommon Grounds. I think it was something different. Right, Uncommon and, Grounds was in Burlington, wasn't it? But I think there's there's multiple there Uncommon Grounds. Okay. So there is an Uncommon Grounds in Albany, but it wasn't there. Gotcha. Um, I'm 99% sure it was on Lark Street, which is kind of like down going kind of towards like downtown Albany, kind of like down towards the government center and um, Washington Park right there. So Lark Street. I believe I got it there. They're just basically they're like peanuts. Right. They look like like hmm. a bean. If you take down the, the 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 bean that you might see on like the coffee commercial, being like you know, kind of looks like a bunch of uh, you know, like I said, brown mm-hmm. beans. I don't know a better way. They're to very put it, very beans. light in color. They start somewhere near this. Yeah. Oh, yep. Interesting. Yeah, like they're almost like a Manila f- uh, f- yep. uh, look, and they have it look like peanuts. Is this the pod? Of said bean? Is no, this the pod? no, no. This, is, this okay. is purely the bean form. The bean. So we have okay. the roasted beans that come out dark, and the degree of roasting is the light roast versus dark roast. Gotcha. But the beans themselves usually come out at a pretty bland, like skin tonish color. Oh, have you ever had that. natural coffee? No. Natural I don't coffee. Know what that is. So it's it's very interesting. It's it's they roast the beans with the fruit still on it. Okay. So they don't take the fruit off the bean. Now, fruit being the uh, yeah, cocoa so, or whatever. So it's a, so it's like a, it's like a cherry. Okay, um, I think I do this. So it's so it's natural is what they call it. So you get this Papua New Guinea natural, right? Or uh, Guatemalan Wewe Tenango natural, huh. and they don't strip the fruit from around the bean. So when it roasts, it dries the fruit to the bean, and the bean kind of absorbs some of the fruit's acidity and flavors, and it comes out in coffee with a very fruit forward. Um, almost like so sweet it's sour in my in my taste. Wait, so a, a coffee bean comes off of a cherry plant? No, so I, like my so, mind's spinning right, right now. Right, so 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 the bean that we see roasted here is the seed. Those seeds are encapsulated inside of a fruit that resembles a cherry. So okay. if you imagine how a cherry has a pit in it, yeah, it's very it's similar with certain breeds of coffee bean. Where there's a fruit around the actual bean, so how many seeds come out of that? That I don't know. Because imagine if it's one to one, there's right. got to be millions or trillions of those things. I mean, there's there's a beans. there's a lot. So when we went uh, in nursing school, we took a mission trip to Honduras, and mm-hmm. in the in the high mountains between Guatemala, Honduras, and Nicaragua, very well known for their coffee bean. The higher altitude causes different growing seasons and patterns, which causes different tastes. It acquires this prestige, right? And these families would have a coffee tree in their backyard, and they would just dry their beans out in the front yard. And you just see wow. these tarps and blankets just covered in beans or fruit in some cases. So I don't know exactly what the ratio of meat, if you will, yeah. to seed or bean is, but it's a very interesting experience if you get the chance to try it. The best Look for- part <laughs> of waking up are coffee seeds in your cup. Bean yeah, juice. I see bean juice. See, I, now I know why they went the way when they I, went. When anyway. I get friends that don't, they just call it dirty bean water. Yeah. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's it's amazing. But it's good bean it's, water. It's, it's good bean water. Watch, I, watch your mouth. Someone called it water. soup the other day. They were like, it's soup. If you define it by what it is, it's soup. And I was like, wow. It's a related question. Yeah. Define a sandwich. It's uh, it's anything with that's uh, enclosed with two pieces of bread. Is a oh, hot dog a, a sandwich? Absolutely, it's a sandwich. Hundred percent. Do you think a hot dog's a sandwich? It's a sandwich. I mean, is a I've, hamburger I've, a sandwich? I've, yes. I've actually used 
bread for a hot dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm not using, I don't have any rolls. Yeah. So, so it, a roll was essentially is that what just. what a sandwich is? Because a sand. See, I don't, I don't, I don't even think you have to have two pieces of bread to make a sandwich. No, I don't. Because if you think face, yeah, that, and if you think about like 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 Subway or other submarine sandwiches where they just cut the bread part of the way through and open it up, yeah, it's not. It's one piece of bread yeah. just cut in the middle. Yeah, a hot dog. A, essentially, a hot dog. A Michigan's a sandwich. Hot dog. Bomb. I'm. I'm. Change bro- my mind. I'm broad. No, 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 no. I don't need to. We're on the same page here. <laughs> I'm broad on my categories of sandwiches. Soups too. This is a soup. I'm drinking soup. Like gazpacho. It just doesn't have anything in it. My yeah, mind just got blown when you just said it's a hamburger or a sandwich. <laughs> it's a dude. It's a sandwich. Yeah, because it's it's beef. It's like you you can have like a, a like Philly a roast cheesesteak. Philly cheesesteak would be a sandwich. Yeah, absolutely, it and would. It's a, it's a meat. Mm-hmm. And then, wow. Mine's blown. Now, is this the same thing as if we talk about a utensil, like a fork and a spoon, or all utensils? Sure. Because I've used that a lot with like analogies. I'm like, yes, but it's the same thing. But it's really all under one category. Is a calzone a sandwich? Calzone, but yeah, isn't calzone built around like a breading? So there's breading. It's a, it's a, it's a pizza inside out. But so it, you, it's encapsulated. It's not like oh, sure. Yes, I wouldn't. I wouldn't consider <laughs> yes. that a sandwich. No, uh, you had I me would. a hamburger. I what think about hamburger. tacos? Hundred percent. Tacos are a sandwich. sandwich. Yep, I'm taking I, this all the way down, man. I, I, this is no. I'm committed. You cannot change my mind. Here's dying here's, in the sword. Right here. I, I am. So I'm throwing in, myself. I, on we, it. We can even throw a wrench in this and like an ice cream sandwich. There's no bread doesn't matter uh, well yeah it's like a wheat product that's why i, I backtracked wheat. and i said it doesn't have to be bread it has to be I like some sort part. of like wheat or some sort of dough what is the actual yeah. definition of a sandwich is it is it have to, is that is there sand in a sandwich like like are we talking like oxford now, dictionary did sandwich come from england because there's a sandwich england oh i didn't know that so maybe a sandwich was just the named after the state or named after the town that they came like, it a, up. like a local food kind of thing so um oh 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 right here sand which England. Here's the definition. Merriam Merriam Webster. Oh, come on. That's subpar dictionary. What? <laughs> They're my boys, Merriam and Webster. They're the lesser known what hobbits from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Merriam and Webster. All right. Two or more oh, hold on. Oh. I may I may be in trouble. There's three entries. <clears throat> Two or more slices of bread or a split roll. Mm. which have a filling in between. So I think that, that by that definition, a hot dog fits. Yes. Because it's a split roll of a filling. But then there's also one slice of bread covered with a food, a, i.e. an open-faced sandwich, right? And then here's, right. The th- here's the third definition. You chew on this one for a second. Chew on this sandwich for a second. Something resembling a sandwich. What? Is the definition, is the third definition of a sandwich. How can you define something using the word you're trying to define? They have defined something with the word that is something resembling a sandwich, especially a composite structural material consisting of layers often of high-strengthening facing bonds to a low-strength central core. I am not, I I am reading from Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Okay, I think I know how you stand on this. Do you believe in string theory? String theory? String theory. Can you define it? So it's kind of a theory that in the universe, there are strings that connect to other things and that a lot of things are naturally connected. Like other verses. So it's not, not necessarily a multiverse. So, or you can, we can talk about, um, oh, what is it? Yeah, so, I mean, string theory, yeah. It's like, it's like instead of like there being individual interactions like i don't know i'm not a physicist by any means but it's like yeah it's like a connection between all things meaning like all things are tied even if you can't physically they're not particles they're strings 
I guess. So things are just connected. Say, how would they be connected, though? That's just it. They just they, like, they, they buy, buy like a ions that we don't see. It's like the idea that there are multiple timelines or chances for timelines to occur based on the string that we are participating in. I'm gonna take is this. there an example? I have none for you. Okay. <laughs> I have none. Dan, you have one? I think I think it just is what it is. Uh, here's here's my just little... Just trust me. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just trust me. We're all close, connected with Close strings. your eyes, bing, drink the bean juice, and yes. trust me. Okay, so, so, so I think an easier one to define would be simulation theory. Okay. So simulation theory is the idea that we are living in a simulation. It's like Matrix. But it's... Exactly. But yeah. it, we, don't, we don't know who is running it, but you have these interactions of things... We, We've been talking about the Mandela effect. Right. Is that part of this? Yes. So, the, so they, they say the Mandela effect can actually be a way to identify the presence of simulation theory. A friend of yours, Elon Musk, believes strongly in the simulation friend theory. Of the show. Yes. Uh, next guest. Is he listening? So 150.2, let's be generous to us and make him 200. That's fair. Okay. So simulation theory, the idea that we're living in, a, living in a simulation, Mandela effect is the idea that when you imagine it's like remembering something incorrectly right correct so, yeah. it's, so it's like yeah. uh the berenstein bears versus the bernstein bears it's, oh i'll die on all these swords when when did when oh, did nelson mandela die what's that if you look this up it's yeah. wild oh yeah they have examples and it's trippy like Mande- yeah. nelson mandela did he die in prison no but some people believe he did right i wasn't old enough really uh stouffer stovetop stuffing you ever had it yeah of course no you haven't does exist. What are you talking about? Never, never existed. Well, well, Stouffer, right? Stouffer's stove top stuffing never existed. Never was a product. No, that's no, that's ridiculous. Never happened. So the, the ridiculous. T- oh, oh, what? What, <laughs> what? What stuffing was I eating, Dan? Not Stouffer's stove top. The the uh, so the two ones that really screw me up is there was a movie back in the day called um, called Kazam, Kazam with Sinbad with Sinbad right, and it was actually called Shazam. Yep. No, sorry, Shazam with Sinbad. It's actually called Kazam with Shaq. Right. And so Sinbad I, was never in it. And, but we imagine the hammer pants and everything. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I remember this a couple years ago. Sinbad was doing a comedy. He's a com- comedic. Or com- comedic. He's a, uh, he's a comedian. He was doing a show in Florida where we were visiting. And I always check out this club. Is there anybody I know? And I'm like, oh, Sinbad's there. He'd be good to, to see. Yeah, Sinbad. The only thing I remember that he was in was in this genie movie. And this was, I mean, we're talking less than a year ago. Right. And I was very adamant for all this time that he's always been in that movie. It's the only time I've ever known about Sinbad. How has anyone moved on from the fact that there's no Stouffer stovetop stuffing? How uh, have you moved so on? So the, 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 <laughs> the sun on the raisin packaging, does it have sunglasses or not? Like what raisin packaging? I don't know. Sun I'm trying made? to picture it. Sunmade? Yeah, something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'd have to look at a picture. Well, that's just it. Some people think it does. Some people think it doesn't. Some people like, think he do, always does. Did. The, the guy, does the Monopoly man have a monocle or no? Ooh, that's a good one. I, I want him to have one, but I don't believe he does. He, he does, does not. not. Yeah, I want we him both to just have looked, one. We just both looked at the I had to look at the board, yeah. I actually <laughs> didn't know the answer. I knew there was right? one, but I didn't know the yeah, answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other one that really trips me up is that at the end of We Are the Champions. Okay. Queen of the Sun. world. Of the world. It doesn't happen. Does it or does it not? It doesn't. What's your thought? I think it happens at some point in the song. I don't think it's the end. You're both correct, yeah. But for me, I had to listen to the song. Oh. Like, Absolutely. And then you're like, no, it just plays out. And then you hear the ending, like, here it comes. And it's like, no, it just, it just plays out. It's like leading to the bridge or something. 
Yes, it, it, I think they only say it like once or twice in the song, but it's not at the end. But it, in our mind, it's the perfect resolution it's like the to crescendo. that chord. Like we, yeah. you just hit it, done, boom. But okay, so back to this, like living in a simulation, right? Do you think that's true or not, or is that just us I? Trying so, to- so I don't, I don't believe in a lot of conspiracy theories, um, and I like to quiz Joel on these sometimes just to just to get him going. We go golfing or disc golfing, and I ask him some crazy question, and it lasts us a good nine holes just arguing about it, right? I. Could I, I, I like to think that I don't have any strong convictions that I can change my mind or someone can change my mind given the right evidence. So I think that there is a good possibility without probability that we are in a simulation. I think that it is not out of the realm of conceivable possibility with how infinite the universe appears to us that that would be the best way to stop us looking for it would be to tell us you could go forever that way. Do you think that someone's controlling it? It's almost like a Truman show. Like I don't know who, I don't like- know what, I don't know where, I don't know why. But I think I think it's possible. I don't think it's probable, but I think it's possible. What would happen if all of a sudden we just found out, you know, like those like, Think of, remember the Hunger Games? It, am I a simulation to you, Dan? I tell you what. Am I a simulation to you? You're Have gl- all of our shared experiences <laughs> if, meant nothing? <laughs> if, if, if I die in the next 48 hours, let that be definite proof that we are in a simulation theory. I'll, I'll write that on your headstone. Okay. I'll if I don't die headstone. in 48 hours, that does not disprove simulation theory, but it does not prove it. All right. Okay. All right. Deal. Sure. Yeah. Why? Because you called it out? Because you because you, you recognized it? the next forty eight hours? No. Oh. <laughs> it just it might off. it'd be so cool if it happened though. It'd be so cool if I died and you guys like motherfucker, it's real. <laughs> I mean, it'd be sad, but it would be sure, like thanks, he man. knew he yeah. knew something we didn't know. They caught I caught on to them. You know, I'm acknowledging the presence of something else. Where was I going for dinner tonight? It's Thai food. I'm still going to Thai food, whether you kick it or not. <laughs> I, I thought about Have some for me, buddy. <laughs> so I, I I've always thought of like stuff that happens for a reason. Yep. And I'm a big believer that everything happens for a reason. So if you say, oh yeah, like, oh yeah, the idea, of like, and I and I overthink it sometimes, where I'm like, well, I'm gonna go to Thai, and I'm like, well, I'm going to Thai. I'm like, you know what? Just to screw that thesis up, I'm gonna take a left and go to Chipotle. It was already predetermined. But then in my head, I'm like, something made me ultimately decide that because I've had times where I'm. Dead. Why did that thought pop up into your head? Which one? The one I just thought. Both. But I. Who made you think them? But I've thought about that before when I'm like in the mood. I'm like, ah, you know, everything's like. You know, everything happens for a reason, but like, does it? Or am I decide as simple as going to where I'm going to eat tonight? I'm just going to go there instead of there. Can I throw you a real curveball? Yeah. All right. Get ready for this. Buckle up. You ready? I'm holding my pencil with. The brain is the most important organ in the body, says the brain. <laughs> you chew on that. You let me know what you think. How could. It blows my mind sometimes just thinking about the brain <laughs> studying itself. Like, how do we not know everything there is about the brain? Like, it's my brain. I've had it for 27 years now. How do I not know everything about my brain? You're telling me ancient Egyptians could build modern feats of mechanical Aliens. prowess. No, not even going down the alien path. <laughs> not even going there, Dan. But, like, math and science and astrology. Okay, I don't understand build, math at all. Don't they, worry about that. No, but they build these feats. They build these huge feats and 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 things that we couldn't even do today with, like, like machines and equipment, at least not easily. And you're telling me that they thought the heart was the most important or- organ in the body. They destroyed the brain. They ripped it out. They didn't want it. The Egyptians. Yeah. 
Yeah. <sighs> I would but still say... They that. also thought cats were really important, too. Yeah, well... And I hate cats. My wife would agree with them on that point. Would she also agree with their impression of the brain and heart? At least in your case? Uh, uh, maybe in my case, yeah. <laughs> Can I take this down one more path while yeah, Dan gets the next ahead. cup of coffee I'm still, I'm still chewing on the, the brain, thinking the brain's like... Yeah. The shit. Like, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 and it's all of our collective brains. Like, brains have told other brains that they like are the most They're all high-fiving me, like, we're the best. Yeah. And then what other organ's going to speak up? Your, your spleen? What if the brain is the one running the simulation? Yeah, that's a good question. I... I so there is, there is a, there, damn, damn it, Dan. <laughs> there is a, if, if, if the listeners out there haven't heard of this, this is, I'm not going to explain it perfectly to a T. I'm not a physicist. I don't know how these things work, but I've, I've heard of this and it's a really fun thing to go look up on YouTube. So there's a theory and Galen chime in. if you heard of this where particles like electrons and protons and neutrons, they act differently when they're being observed by human eyes. They act differently based on whether they're being watched or not. So you can look this up, watch it on YouTube later. Okay. Um, they had this. Uh, it, it was like it was like a gun. It's not a real gun. It shoots like protons or neutrons or electrons. I forget which atom or particle, and they it shoots them really fast. And they have a camera that can view where they're going, right? And then when it hits whatever spot it's supposed to be shot at, there's a there's a something that records that it hit that location. So the scientists know. So they're watching it, but there's also... But isn't a that a form of observation? It is, just not watching. Just not watching. It's tracking in a, data, in, a, in, a, in a data-driven sense, but it's not... So anyway, so they're shooting these things at a wall, and they're watching them. And every single time it gets shot, it goes in the same spot. Like, where they're aiming this gun, it goes. And they're watching it, and it's getting measured on the wall where it's hitting. And they're like, okay, that's... Yeah, exactly. They turn the camera off. So the only thing, no one's watching this anymore. No one's got their eyes on it. It's just the wall that can measure where the, the protons or neutrons or electrons or whatever are hitting. All of a sudden, they're shooting the gun from the same spot. They're going all over, baby. Why? Why are they acting differently when we're not watching? Do they, are, they, are they self-aware? Do they know that we're there? Was there another variable? Like you're talking about like the camera or something going off that might have been drawing them a certain direction? Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Like, is there something like my thought would be? Is there something manipulating the pathway based on not watching? Because if you said if it's not like it'd be like you like physically watching with your eyes. Yeah. And then again, these are small, right? So I don't think you would. I don't think you could physically see with yeah, your naked yeah, eye, yeah, but yeah. they're yeah. they would make up everything. It's probably like a like a microscope or something. So like, I think I think I that they are living their own simulation. I think this is a form of Schrodinger's theory. Yeah, like is the cat alive or dead? Correct. Yeah. yeah. I have a saying in EMS as well. It's Schrodinger's leg. Right. If someone, if somebody calls nine one one and says my leg is broken, until you show up on their scene, their leg is either totally fine and just a little sore, or very super obviously broken. Schrodinger's leg. What if it's not there? Wait, shortening. Schrodinger. You know Schrodinger, the the psychiatrist who decided that until you open the box to look at the cat, you don't know if it's dead or alive. So it could be both or neither. I feel like we need to pull out the DSM five and like just go through all the psychological stuff with Galen. Yeah, I didn't take a lot of psych stuff. Okay, so my okay. F- my favorite psychologist is uh, actually won the Nobel Prize for economics. You really? should know. Who, you should know who this is. Okay, who who who? So if I say <laughs> System One and System Two thinking, and no, it's not ringing any bells yet. Daniel Kahneman. No, I don't know. So he wrote he wrote a couple books and he was known as like Kahneman and something or other, but. 
he won the Nobel Prize in economics as a psychiatrist or psychologist. I get confused. But because his theory of system one and system two thinking relates directly to productivity and the workforce. So the idea is system one is the snap judgment. It's the snap reaction. It's the thing you can do without having to think about it. Right? Like if I told you like to pick up conscious, like, or, yeah, like if, so it's, so it's not, so it required some conscious learning, but not conscious effort. If I give you both a pen and say, pick this up off the table, mm-hmm. you both pick it up the same way without thinking about it. If mm-hmm. I say, hold the pen. You know exactly how to hold it without thinking about what position your hands go in. It's like breathing. But if I were to hand you this grinder and say, grind the coffee, you'd be like, I know how it works, but where do I put my hands? It takes an extra thought to think about how do I do the action. It's just because we haven't trained our mind to it yet. Right. So it's system one and system two. It's the snap judgment versus the one that takes conscious effort to think about. If so, you do something in system two long enough, does it become system one? Probably. Like a, like well, a muscle memory kind of well, thing. Well, I'm like, thinking like if I gave a, gu- a professional guitar player a guitar, right. they just grab it and go. Where right. I might grab it first time and be like, wait, I, okay, put my hands here. Does it go in my lap? Does it right. like... Pro- professional sports, right? Yeah. They take something from system two and make it into system one. Your golf game. As it gets better, it takes less effort to think about the position of your hands, the position of your feet. Well, I've done it like before, like even like athletics. Like if you're trying to like, if you're trying to do a specific or kick a soccer ball or like squat under a barbell, like the first few times, like this is weird. And eventually just like everything just clicks. Like I know how to step and then kick. I know like day one, you're like, okay, step here and I kick the ball. And then all of a sudden now you're shooting. Now you're trying to curve the ball. Now you're doing, and it becomes like self-conscious. Like it just happens. Like I just like, I know if I want to go right, kick it right to left, I just know the angle I have to kick it at to make it curve. Without thinking about the angle in your head. Without thinking, it's just reaction. Right. Just like, all right, I just got to push my foot a little bit this way, and I know it's going to have more of a... But I think a lot of... So that is a... What was he applying it to? Yeah, that was an economist? It was, no, he was a psychologist who oh. won the Nobel Prize for economics. Oh, so what were the systems relating to in economics? Productivity. Just talking about how... Oh. Um, Productivity can be increased by using system one versus system two and how to train system two to be system one. Oh, interesting. But just interesting to hear this guy now be lauded as an economist, but that's not his background. He has no training in it. He has no classes in economics. Yeah, I feel like economics is a made-up science. <laughs> Aren't like, they all made like up? Like political science. I'm a, I'm a political science major, man. I love politics like the next guy, but it ain't no science. That's, one of, the, that's one of the cool things it's about psychology, right? Yeah, it's like, yeah it's like sociology. It's sociology, like how, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's purely yeah. a social science. Yeah. So like when we went yeah, to... Yeah, but social... I, I, <laughs> so oh, it's, only, it's only social <laughs> science, Joel, in the, in the way that you can apply methods to it. Right. That's the way. That's why I liked Potsdam's teaching behind political science because it wasn't political science; it was political research. Right. So we took classes like research methods. We took classes like methods and motives, where it's learning about what makes people think, what makes people react to surveys. How do you get bigger um, involvement in things? And versus, you know, politi- political science at Plattsburgh State was great and it was very interesting, but it was more hypothetical. It was more mm-hmm, mm-hmm. idealistic. It was a lot of the classics, it was a lot of political structures that aren't realistic. Took a class at Plattsburgh State in political science, right? And it was um, business stats, or not business stats, uh, uh, statistical analysis for for political science majors. Can I make a suggestion for a a guest real quick? Yeah. Harvey Shantz. Yeah. Local person? Yeah, Yeah. he was the chair of Plattsburgh State's political science department, but he's a fascinating guy what's his last name chance s-c-h-a-n-t-z or tom conda (laughs) 
Tom, K-O-N-D-A. He was a professor there. So this class was with Dr. Conda. He had us do this thing where we had to look up a conspiracy theory, right? Any conspiracy theory we wanted. And we had to do some statistical analysis around said conspiracy theory. So I was like, oh, you know, go big or go home. That was my motto in college. Like, try to knock their socks off. It's If not, you're boring. So people are doing things like, um, I don't know. Like 9-11 or things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, or voter fraud or like, yeah, I'm not saying that's a conspiracy theory, but like, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, so they're doing all things like that are realistic. And I walk in, he's like, he's like, all right, go around the room. And I'm like one of the last ones and he gets to me and I was like, oh, <laughs> I got one for you, kind of. Don't you worry. I was, like, I was like, okay, 3% of the U.S. population believes. And before I can give, get, even get it out of my mouth, he's like, that reptilians rule yes. the government. Yes. Yeah? Oh, yeah. That yeah. was what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a statistical analysis. There's like a margin of error of like one and a half there. But that means at worst case scenario, 1.5% of the U.S. population believes to some degree or another that there may be a shred of truth that reptilians have invaded and infiltrated and are in the ruling class of u.s government so it's ruling class everywhere too it's not just oh it's like ruling the world so they reptilian yes so the reptilian overlords correct yeah like intelligent is this is real if you ever want to lose faith in humanity very quickly there's an australian guy who's written hundreds of books about it and has actually studied it and has some shred of science towards it but the idea is that see that's why I don't believe we can use the word science in these things. It goes all the way back to Egyptians, though. This links to your earlier topic. So the Egyptians and their monoglyphs have these reptilian features that no one can explain. And the theory is that we have evolved interdependently with these reptilian overlords who came down from outer space and have become a part of... They've over generations become part of our psyche. So we may not even know we have reptilian right. blood right. or we have reptilian brain. Right. That's the, re- the reptile brain. You've heard that before. Yeah, yeah. And we will never see one because our reptile brain hides the other reptiles. There are three things I want to say here really quickly, just firing them off right at the hip. Number one, I feel terrible that I said before that we need to believe ancient Egyptians in relation to their importance on the brain and the heart because now I'm trapped and i have to believe that they also had something going on with reptilian overlords overlords, so shouldn't have used that as an example to galen you have a lot of youtubing to do later today (laughs) my my mind is actually like you're gonna you're gonna have some issues i cleared your schedule don't worry that's (laughs) and then number three jet fuel does melt steel beams (laughs) (laughs) jet fuel melts what steel beams (laughs) don't ask and then number three and number three, did you imagine it going this way today? Um, <laughs> actually, out of all of them, number three was actually yes. I kinda, <laughs> okay. I kinda, I kinda, you guys kind of set the bar, but the, uh, <laughs> the number three and number two, correct. Number one, I can cut that out if you want to make to give Joel some redemption. Like, and that way, it never actually happened. People don't know. There's, the, there's your uh, cat in the box thing. What, did Joel actually say it or not? Oh, ooh. Well, ooh. we don't know. I like that. We don't know. I like that. Okay, so actually, I, I was going to ask you about this. So you, you, you flipped it. So it's called the inversion method, right? Okay. So if you were to do your Arabic... I always do it the opposite way. Normally, you start getting coffee coming right out. And I push it down, yes. Right? So, you, so you do it like this. Correct. Right? But as soon as you put water through here, you start getting coffee dripping through your filter, right? Yes. Technically, that decreases your brew time, and that coffee that comes through first will be under-extracted. So 
if you do it this way, I've got the plunger stuck in the top. Yep. I'll add my water to it, I'll put this on, and then I'll flip it and press it. Okay, so, so I always got confused. So if you are to do this, you actually, you just, you put the water in now. Yep. Okay. So for anybody that doesn't know, an AeroPress is like this, like this cylinder, uh, two-piece cylinder. One has a plunger end on it, which basically is AeroPress. It basically presses air. It's a very, uh, there's a lot of, uh, um, basically it's like almost like a vacuum seal feel yeah. to it. And you put a top on top or bottom. I guess this is the inversion method, so it's on top now. But then you would flip it over, and then almost like a French press, you would then press the bean or you press the water through the beans into the mug through basically force of, of la or la I guess lack of or air right, or pressure. Right. So you're basically combining um, a French press with a pour over because you get the first bit of immersion brew and then you get the secondary pressurized brew. So if this... And don't forget, this is, this is the pressure valve too. So this will come out... So what's the difference between that to and then also with the paper? Here. But I'm saying like when it does, like the taste... I know the paper does. So... But... So there, you can get a metal filter for your AeroPress as well. And what that will do is that will allow more oil to stay in the coffee because the paper will absorb a lot of the oil as it goes through. So some people will actually multi do multiple layers of paper. Okay. Hmm. Um, depending told, on, the depending on what me, they want. Two. Right. Yep. So they, they do multiple layers of paper. They do different kinds of paper or they do metal filters or these pressurized valves. And with the pressurized valve, you, you'll feel it and hear it pop. Sorry for the mess. <laughs> it's all right. It's we really got to get a camera in we, here. We keep, this is this is this. No, uh, actually, Dan, right up here. We got paper towels up there too. If you want to use, I this. brought this for a reason. Okay. Here, I was prepared get, for get, a mess. Get the mic too while you're at it. Oh, for sure. Sorry for the noise. Hi guys. That's actually why we got the welcome, welcome to the scratch show. The scratch card. I, I'm usually the sound effects guy, but I'll let Dan take it today. Dan, this is an authentic sound right here. Dan is actually yeah, that's true. not for the show. Uh, that's not. Remember the gently the, stroking the mic. Yeah, yeah. That that was good product placement. They never actually did. They never reach out. No, Chipotle. They you know they uh, they said they wanted some bigger some bigger hits. But um, wait, while you're cleaning up, I'm gonna go back to our original. Remember we talked about countries because I had this up. I just wanted to reach too much read through it. Is U.S., Canada, France, Mexico, Russia, followed by Indonesia. Indonesia. This is the, in the basically in the last two years has been my biggest ones. Now, granted, these downloads are only like 10, 20, something like that. But I uh, have gotten like Italy, had gotten Ireland, huh. have gotten like just random like things that you wouldn't think. So it's all good. Um, okay, so let so me just. So what happens when, when you shook it up just because they had that cap? Just because of the pressure in it. So the pressure just popped the top early. Now, would you normally shake it or no? Or was that I, just so so I, I put a little bit too much coffee in it, trying to make enough for all three of us. Gotcha. So I think I just put didn't leave it enough space when I was swirling it gotcha. to mix the beans. How long do you keep water in there, and do you always just like swirl it? Yeah, so I usually spin, I usually mix it with the yep, spoon. Yep, that works too. So the longer you leave the water, the longer the brew time, the more expression you get from the beans. So you will leave it in there for a while. It depends. It, it depends on how strong a cup of coffee I want. Okay. So obviously, longer, longer water, stronger cup. Yeah. Um, so I love this method one because it's quick. It's a very quick process. Once it brews, you don't have to let it sit much. You just kind of like, or you can. I mean, French press I usually let it steep for about four minutes. Um, this, this is a really cool method. Like you travel a lot with this, right? Like this is kind of a good. 
throw it in your suitcase, throw it in your backpack, bring it with some beans. Um, I got to get a hand grinder. That's one thing I don't have, mm-hmm. which would be next level. I mean, Dan's got a pretty heavy-duty one. I've seen little smaller ones, too, that are more like travel. Kind of like he's popping. That's actually pretty small, though. You can put that in a backpack. I have one of those electric ones. Are they, like, frowned upon? No. Oh, okay. So, okay. so how long does this take to just grind this down? Not too bad. I'm using that uh, one, two-step learning lesson right yes, now. Yes, yes. You're on system sure. two. I'm on system two right now. Definitely yes. a system two guy. Yep, yep. Dan is by far a system one. Uh, with this process, yeah, he's system one. He's, he knows how many turns, how many how many looks it takes to get the center of the Tootsie Pop, right? <laughs> so yes. I, I, I put it in a grinder. I have this, uh, what the heck's a grinder called? Um, it's a good grinder. I forgot the name of the grinder. It's a good grinder. And it, and it has like the uh, certain type of, basically it spins and it has it go through the bottom. The so it doesn't burr, have a blade. Like Was it burr? Burr. B-U-R-R. That's it. basically what this is. So you get metal burr grinders or ceramic burr grinders. I forgot the name of it, but I did a lot of research on it. It was by far like the most, like that middle ground, like affordable, but very good. Okay. Not like, you don't, I don't need a really super high end grinder because it's just me, but. I mean, you gotta, you gotta work it here. Yeah, you're, yeah. I mean, this is, I'm probably on like a couple hundred turns right now on this thing. We're getting there. There's a, there's a workout option on Apple Watches for that. I feel like it's like the shake weight <laughs> version, but yeah. I'm like, I'm getting a lot of like tricep work in this and, you know, a lot of forearm. Um, what coffee, what coffee are you preparing for us? Same one, just a different way. Okay. All right. So we have, uh, what, now which, which one we have right now? This yeah. is still the Papua New Guinea. So go, go into like, what's your favorite regions of coffee? I really, it's probably the Ring of Fire, <laughs> yeah, like the Central Pacific around. Is that Costa Rica, Guatemala? Yep. yep. So I, maybe maybe not Guatemala. That's um, Long Island, right? I think Costa Rica. I really like Costa Rican Lamastad. There's a coffee from Costa okay. Rica I really like. Not a huge fan of the Guatemalan Webe Tenango. Not a huge fan of like this, super. This Honduras, right? No, Guatemalan Webe Tenango. No, oh, you went to Honduras. That I went to Honduras. Honduras. Okay, sorry. yeah, yeah. So Honduras coffee. When I had it there, it was very good. I've not been able to find. Um, beans that were shipped that are equal quality. Okay. I'm not a huge fan of Kenyan or a lot of the, and stuff. The, the African roasts. Like they're a little bit too light for me. And the lighter the coffee, the more acidic it gets, but also the more fruity it gets. So it's kind of double-edged sword. Is Sumatra's African coffee, right? Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. African or maybe like Middle Eastern. Tim Hortons is my, my Timmy Hoho's. Oh yeah, oh. Timmy Hoho's. When will they open back up Parker State? You know. So I think I'm not good there. I'm not sure. Yeah. I mean, we're just spinning now. Yeah, yeah. Um, you, you like Tim Hortons coffee? I love Tim Hortons coffee. Like for for uh, for a mass produce like so. This is my thing. I'm not a big Dunkin' Donuts guy. Yeah, I drink yeah. it out of convenience yep. because there's a drive-through on every corner. I like Starbucks purely because I think the roasts are better and it's a stronger coffee. Yep. I do like Tim Hortons. I only get it. I don't go to the one at Plastic State. I don't know why. I just never think to go there. It is a little odd walking back on campus. Like to, I mean, for it's me, a little odd. coffee, it takes... Like, you know what I really like is... Well, you were there, was uh, uh, Becky's place, the yep. High Peaks Brew. Yep. She does a great job. My thing is just sometimes I can't stop and like wait yeah. in line and get coffee. Yeah. And, and like the other day, I went to Chapter 1. I was meeting someone there, and I've waited in line probably for about eh, probably 10 minutes. Because, I mean, there was one person working. There was like six people. So it was like, you know, sometimes I'm like, crap, I got to do a quick drive-through yep. more for convenience than... But if I can go to a coffee shop and like sit there and order a coffee and enjoy myself, that's the best by far. All of our local coffee roasters here, I mean, Chapter One, Coffee Cat. Adirondack Coffee Roasters. Adirond- too. Yeah, yeah, Adirondack Coffee Roasters, like they're, they're all excellent, phenomenal. But like if I'm going to go buy a bag of coffee, 
like from somewhere. I go to Sam's Club and I buy like a bag of Timmy Hoes, and it's like affordability only. Like yeah. the price is just right for me. If I could, if I could like go and buy it locally all the time, I would. And I try to. I try to. Um, but uh, yeah, t- Tim Hortons is like the, the cheap option. I, I uh, Adirondack Coffee Roasters. I'll get beans from there. Yes, um, so like good. Whole beans. So, so good. Go home and grind them. Um, I know Lakeside Coffee in Rouse's Point has a bunch too. I just never end up going like. If I go there, I get coffee. I usually don't wear a bag. Delicious breakfast. Have yeah. you ever had breakfast there? Oh, yeah. Oh, so like good. Like breakfast burritos and stuff? Yeah, so good. Uh, yeah, so I if I'm traveling up there and I'm kind of just passing through, I'll stop and get some stuff there, and it's it's really good. It's already, it's already going. Oh, wow, okay. So every time I do this on... This is like a. This is a little different though. Like the. You feel a, you felt it pop and go. Well, pop and then I feel like more. Okay, good, good, good. Oh yeah, that's probably too high. Okay. Oh. I, I feel like it's too almost like too much pressure at times, because of. Um, is that just because it's sat? Maybe the pressure or because of the metal. Uh, yeah. Snag that. Yeah. I think it just might have been the pressure and the heat. This is. We're not measuring water, so who knows what the actual yeah, temperature we're, we're, of it we're is. Going, we're going kind of, we're definitely going, <laughs> there's a lot of uh, uh, nuance to this coffee. We're just kind of like rolling. Um, so, okay, so we had the V60, we had this, and the next one would be the French press. Right, right. But if you notice on the, the rim of your glass, you've got a little bit of- A little foamy? A little foam. That's mostly because the, the pressure that the valve releases. Different, so if, if, we, if you had gone like a- like 15 grams of coffee to 50 grams of water, make it super concentrated with this pop top, you'll actually get pretty close to that espresso oil mix. You can keep going. Just, just, just yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't screw it up for later. Yeah, you'll get, you get the espresso oil mix, and that will give you that espresso texture. If you do the milk foam at home, um, you can build yourself like a cortado or a latte out of it. Just remembering that it's super strong. So, so, um, good. You, you so now, it. now we're going to have to explain these. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mine's out of it. No, it is out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. You'll, you'll look like the, the weird <laughs> one, but that's all right. So what, what's your favorite method out of everything? Like your favorite kind of way. Right. To I think I it's one it's, taste and then one kind of like, what's your go-to? It's probably the V60. That's your favorite taste. I, I think in terms of taste to effort, it's probably my go-to, um, I like the versatility of the AeroPress and I like the experience and the, like experimenting, but it's not, I have a hard time reproducing it. I, Cause I, I think I get bored for one and for two, there's you, a lot of variety in it. You find that the AeroPress is hard to reproduce in the way I do it. Yeah. Okay. Just because I like to try new things all the time. So like it. the one you gave me and I haven't looked at it too much, but the one you gave me, I'm like, that's I, I just stay with it because I'm like, if Dan says it's good, it's probably good and it tastes good. But it has, I find that the AeroPress is a much stronger coffee. Very much so. So if I do like even a French press, AeroPress blows out of the water when you start actually sipping on it. Yep. Like this is just like a heavy pack coffee. So you, I'll have, you can feel that one there too. Absolutely. So a lot of times my AeroPress will be like the mid afternoon. Okay. Yeah. Like I don't do it a lot in the morning because I can only make like one at a time. Sure. So I'll make like a French press and kind of just keep pouring it throughout the morning. But this is one where if I'm like, man, I really need a coffee, and it's like two o'clock in the afternoon. I will make just this, mm-hmm. and it's the concentration is enough where it's like I just need one. If it's just a good, many, my good, mouth, good experience. Yeah. I don't know if you want a full cup or not, but you'll yeah, I'll take a, I'll take a sip. It, take it's a uh, sip. it has a it's a sharper taste than that. Like it it's really, gonna be like a big body, big oil. You're gonna feel it in your mouth more. Oh yeah, it's yeah, a much no. stronger. 
It's great. So it's it's, 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 it's like it's strong, like you, but it's a mouthfeel thing. Yeah, you take like a sip, and it almost feels like it fills like mm-hmm. your entire mouth. The yeah, Oki yeah. Afterbirth is great. <laughs> the <Oki> Afterbirth. Remember <laughs> that from The Office? Yes. The dinner party. It's a good Oki Afterbirth. Uh, but no, the that aftertaste though is just very, just very. It's like you can feel it when you t- when you sip it, and then it kind of has like a it lingers a little bit more. It's really good. Yeah, I, I like I like the AeroPress. The V60, I, the Chemex is the one I want to get just because I know it's like bougie. Um, you, you can, you can, you can say you're on your way out. This oh, we just oh. don't, we don't really. Oh, okay. you're good. There's no pause. There's no, there's no there's rules. No, no you there's said no pause. pause. I don't pause. I just, I just acknowledge that you were leaving in 15 minutes. Oh, fair enough. You're good. That's why I got a photo before you left. I mean, you oh. can get a formal one. Oh, but I, I thought see. like that was like oh. people kind of see the background. They could kind of see the. I mean, do you oh, want? Oh yeah. Do you want a formal picture? No, I, that, think I thought that could, was good. Did you get the stuff in the background? Well, was it in the it was in the frame? Yeah, let's, let's, let's do a pro, let's do a proper one. You want to do a proper one? one? I'll okay. do both. We'll do all right, both. All right, all right. But I was trying to I was trying to be smooth while you did it on the way out, and I was just like, oh, we'll just kind of get it because I want to I want to get through this. I'll talk to Dan a little bit more. You're yeah, good. yeah. Good. Okay, sweet. Um, it's time but for are you wiping yours off? That's why you brought these. See, <laughs> I don't trust him. I don't trust him, and this is why. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair to Joel, I'm not gonna say what we need. But it's... you know, he was storyboarding this last night. He was what he was. He was coming up with a plan. So should we tell him like two more call stories before we go? Sure. What are the so, call stories? So there was the one where the time you broke your tooth. Oh, oh I, I, bro- I broke your God, tooth. Yeah, we were playing frisbee just in front of our dorm, like, like throwing it, was the end, it back. It was and the forth. end of the day. I think we just got a free frisbee at like one of the one of the tables or something. Yep. And like we were just out in the yard after a long day throwing it around. Yep. And someone was walking by and they yelled Joel's name because he was the popular guy. So he turns Still around is. he turns around to look and I'm like, Joel and he turns back to look at me and the disc is right here. Oh yeah. It's right just in front of his hand. Yeah, I, so he reaches out to get it and he catches it. This is but in he, the air. Yeah. yeah oh, he catches yeah. it. It's like he, it's like close. But he wow. pulls it in and he pulls it into his mouth and he knocked knocked so part of the front, uh, front front right is uh, fake. Yeah. Luckily not right. nothing important because you know doesn't need to smile for anything. Yeah. So I I, I I gathered the tooth. I see this thing fall out of my mouth and it hits the That's grass. Pretty, it's pretty impressive you found it. Yeah, I grabbed it quick. Um Dan already it was like you know getting stuff he's like here's some ice like let's get blah 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 blah, blah. so it's like 4 30 on a friday hmm. you try finding a dentist anywhere at 4 30 on a friday so i call mine and a wonderful dentist great dentist um i don't i don't even think she's practicing anymore but anyway she was like um she's like yeah listen if you can get here in the next 10 minutes it's like a 15 minute drive but she's like if you can get here in the next 10 minutes i have to be on the road by 5 10 Cause like my daughter's doing this thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, is that going to be enough time for you to fix my tooth? She's like, well, we'll, we'll try our best. So I'm driving. So you have about an less than an hour. Oh my God. Way less than that. Half an hour. Would you say four thirty to five ten? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. 40 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Not including drive time. Correct. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like booking it over there. I get there. She like, yeah, she fixed it. It hurt. It was painful. How do you I, fix I the tooth? The tooth learned. was out? Or it got chipped. It, it was like out. So it broke like, it split, uh, not, ver- it not half, vertically. It was half the tooth. Ho- oh, okay. yeah. Half the tooth horizontally. And it oh, was so it cracked not, and fell off. It was not a clean break either. Like it broke more on the back than on the front. 
so like she tried putting it back on uh, to see so if the like the whole tooth did fall out. We still had a, like the root was still in. Like like half of my tooth was still there. It the root looks, the root was still in place. It was yeah. the half the bottom half the bottom of the front half tooth. of my front tooth. So what they ended up doing is doing this molding. So they got like this like um God I don't even know what it is a polymer right? I mean it's a bonding polymer I guess. And they and they like form uh, the shape of a tooth. And they stick it on there, and then they use, like, UV lights. It, it looks like a little UV light, and they, like, uh, 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 and they do that a couple times. It doesn't, it, it, like, it's not hot, it's nothing, it's just a blue light. And it, like, hardens. And I've had that done now three times since that time. Oh, really? yeah, oh, yeah, my second day working at the Chamber Galen. My second day working at the Galen, or at the Chamber Galen. I thought it was a good idea <laughs> on my break to go get a airhead. I hadn't had an airhead since I was and six years the old. hard candy. Yeah, like like the like the, like an airhead. Oh, was, the gummy. I'm thinking of warhead. Yeah, airhead. no, oh, like the thing, airhead. like you know, you yeah, bite yeah. it and you it's pull like it. Taffy or yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, like great idea. Got done a second day at work. Want a blue airhead? I don't know. It sounded good, so I went and got one from the gas station. And I'm sitting in the car, and I bite into said airhead, and I pull. And along with the airhead comes my tooth. So it's happened quite a few times since then. And I oh, just so keep... when you've gotten to replace it, it's just because it's physically come out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Both times. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. So Joel will never be able to bite anything without thinking about. So in corn, our steak, days. like. I have, yeah. Like, I'm always, like, a little afraid. Um, I feel it a lot. Like, if I, if I hit my face somehow, like, I feel. He's got to check bit. it. Yeah, I check it. I check it all the time. Um, play with it with your tongue all the time, like. Yeah, I do that all the yeah. time. I also, I also have That's a lot of... That's probably why it wears out. So, I, okay. Yeah, yeah, probably. <laughs> you know, Enough uh, taps on the door is going to yeah, crack. Right. Like, Some people talk about dreams, right? And they talk about the fact, like, if you have dreams, your dreams have meaning. Simulation. Right, right. Reptiles. So, yeah, uh, yeah, conspiracy theory. But people believe there's, like, meanings behind your dreams. And some people believe that Wait, if you, you have... I have... I sleep. Okay, uh, all right. That's... If, you, if you dream of having your teeth fall out, it means you're hiding something or like you're lying about something. I guess that's the, 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 the thing they believe. So I went to my doctor once and he's like, how are you sleeping? I was like, oh, I'm sleeping fine, but I'm having like, I, I keep having these dreams about my teeth falling out. And he's like, really? He's like, you know what that means, right? And I was like, yeah, they say it means you're hiding something. He's like, no, maybe it means that your tooth has fallen out of your head three times, and you're nervous about your tooth falling out of your head that three seems, times. That would be and more I was like, logical. I was like, like, yeah, that that sounds right. Um, now, what was the other story? Broken tooth. Uh, the food fight in the cafeteria. You filled your ma- you filled your mouth with whipped cream. And you went, "I'm a pimple." You had that college shirt on. I don't remember that. Oh, you were you were heavy. You had darker hair. In in college? Yeah, we had a food fight in the cafeteria. You wore that shirt that said college on it. And you went, I'm a pimple. And, and a food fight ensued? Yeah. I must have knocked my head. I don't remember it was at this. That, it was at that house. The house at the house. The, oh. one, that, the one they called Animal. Uh, yeah, no. He's the <laughs> made-up story. Okay. Yeah. I, I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I can believe Dan right now or not. <laughs> no. Animal House? Yes, yes, yes. For a second, I was like, I was like thinking if I was recreating Animal House. I was yes. Like, did I? <laughs> yeah, but I was wondering if I actually did it. You probably did. I don't. It's just, it's a possibility. <laughs> you can't comment on that. All right, Alan, it's been a pleasure. I do have to get going. That's fine. Joel, Thank you for having me back on the show. Say hi to everybody. Um, do you want to? Do you want your formal picture? Well. Or are you okay with rolling? We with probably the, should do something. The yeah. action shot, because yeah. the other one's got Dan talking. So like, there's probably some good, some bad. Well, yeah, like, you, eyes closed. You tell, you tell us which one works best.
All right. We got the mugs. As long as Joel looks towards me instead of towards you. Oh, saving your eye, yeah. <laughs> I mean, wait, if I, the problem is if I go portrait mode on, nah, we can't. We're good. We're good. We got, we're good. We got, we got enough. Perfect. We'll, we'll edit. We'll, we'll, uh, airbrush. We'll make it happen. Awesome. Thank if you. I, if I put my hand out, will you put a bird in it in the picture? <laughs> a baby bird? Uh, yes. Sure. Cool. Let's do it again. We could, <laughs> <laughs> we'll put the Yoda, yeah, put the Yoda hat on. Oh man. Make sure you grab your Yoda hat. Yes. Grab your kettle, whatever you got. No, you got I, I'll take this back for you. Oh, yeah, because we, yes, we need more. Hey, thank you. This yes. is great. Thanks, Joel. Hey, enjoy that tie tonight. I will. Okay. Pongari. <laughs> All right, so coffee so, talk. Yeah, Cat so, actually made those mugs. These ceramic? Mm-hmm. What, what, what can Cat do and not do because i find that she's a very creative individual and can do she's, a lot of like random like yeah cool trinket things like so this that, is that was this is in her college days um she had a so she, she glazed half of it so the bottom is just the, the clay yeah so so that what you have on the Did, bottom of your cup is called a foot okay i don't know much more than that i know the clay oh. was applied with a dip there it is kr yep so i think i think she dipped this on or maybe she painted it i'm not super sure i don't know how it happened it's kind of magic to me I just I just enjoy watching it and I enjoy you know, the finished you know product. Do you have a kiln at, at was no. this in college? This is in college. Oh, okay. Um I took pottery. Yep. So this is funny. So I took pottery as senior year. And as every kid knows, second semester senior year, you're just kind of you're there. You're just you're just a, you're you're just kind of like doing the thing. You're yeah. just you're showing up. You're yeah, not really yeah. doing much. So I wasn't working very hard. So and again, I was kinda of like you. I'm like, I'm going to Plattsburgh State, applied to one college, got in. That was it's it. It's so expensive to apply to colleges. You know what? If someone asked me how do you apply to colleges, I would not know. I like I went to my guidance counselor. I said I don't know. I'll just put one into Plattsburgh. I'll go there. It was like it was like fifty bucks to apply to Plattsburgh State. Was and it? like I'm thinking about all the other colleges I've ever, I, I thought about applying to, and you know like if you do the usual like scatter approach and apply to twelve colleges, if each one's fifty bucks, yeah, you got five hundred, six hundred bucks in that high school kids. You know, putting out that kind of money. A friend yeah. of mine's about to go to medical school, and he's like, the usual system for medical school is you apply to twenty schools. You wait a full year to hear back from them, and then maybe you get in. And to apply to twenty medical schools is like eight grand. Oh my god! Wow. That no, I mean, then I definitely took the cheap route. But the right. uh, that's insane. Yeah, that's insane. But po- so pottery. But is it so much anxiety, like, to apply for schools? Just school in general. I have a to get into school, or you think? I think school. Period. Like the, the waiting. Just, part of it. Yeah, school. Like I would even extrapolate to high school. I think I think it's a difficult environment to learn in. I, I have I mean, the, just to learn in general, not like not to go from college to high school into college. Both. I, I have I have a theory, untested, not scientific, totally theoretical, right? That early education up to probably the point of entry to college, so not including standardized tests like SATs, ACTs, um the other one, the AP test, I don't know what it was, but like those standardized college entry tests. Mm-hmm. Everything up to that point should be pass fail. Because I don't think it breeds anything but negative energy for a yeah. student who always gets 90s to be told if you applied yourself a little bit harder you can get 100. Mm-hmm. And like to be to hear that the whole time you grow up like hey, like 95 is great, but wouldn't 100 be better? Do you think that like we I think you and I went to school and Joel. Joel's not here. We'll include Joel in all this. <laughs> um, I believe we went to school at a time where it was like the last little bit of the old way. And I find that things, even though they're done 
um, similar. I think they're starting, they're going to start evolving to a different form of learning. Yeah. And I no, think I a lot that. of that had to do with, I think, obviously, the invention of the internet and I think invention of technology and I think the invention of, you know, whether it be social media or, you know, I guess more inner interconnectedness because then people I mean, could see what Chrome, people... Chromebooks are like textbooks now. Yeah. I mean, we, I mean, we had, I remember getting like Apple, like, computers right the, the whole like computer in, lab in the lab yeah, and yeah, that was yeah. like dope and like awesome and i mean i grew up learning how to use computers but not at the level the kids are using now and technology wasn't there they don't need typing class because they learn it naturally i took typing classes me too in high, uh, i was a freshman in high school and i remember taking keyboarding yep and now i, I like i wasn't very good in keep it was a great mm-hmm. class the, the teacher did a great job I wasn't very good at it, and now I just type so often that it just like you, I, you learn naturally. It's kind of one where like I'm not I'm not formally trained. Like mm-hmm. I'm sure I do stuff that's not considered correct, but I, I get by. And then at the end of the day, I'm not writing essays. I'm writing you know emails. So, um, but I think the way that people learn now, or at least when we went to school, was very much like standardized score. You know, high honor roll, honor roll, go to college. You know, whatever your grade point average is. I think. Most people and kids, it's not what you learn. Majority of the stuff that I learned in high school, I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Science terms, math terms, history terms, like I, it's all fuzzy to me now. But I think trying to learn, and I think, I think what, I think what high school and junior high and all those need to find out or do now is get kids to learn how to critically think through problems, learn how to apply themselves, but then also learn how to recognize what they do and don't like not force feed them stuff and say, learn this, but like, Hey, Dan, you're not good at, you know, maybe math, but we know you're really good at science. And do you like science? I do like science. All right. Well, let's like try to like mold, not mold, but like, let's try to let you really dive into something that you enjoy doing and not force you to take math or history. If you're now I get it. You want like a well-rounded person. So more like interest and elective based. I think more of elective. So I think the, I, I think the best part about going to college I think there's a lot of stuff I like. I, I don't like the gen eds in college because I sure. think at that point, that's just you're just repeating stuff you already took. But I think going in and saying, hey, these are all these weird classes that you never were offered in high school. What do you want to go and try to like learn? And you might say, I really like computer science. Well, then, okay, maybe there's coding. Maybe there's just computer analytics. Maybe there's stuff where you're like, that just seems fascinating. And then you pick those electives that are a little bit more um, specialized and going in and retaking bio 101 or writing 101 because in theory that was sort of been like basic stuff that you already learned but i think going in and really trying to find like what is something that interests you and then diving into that and i think going younger and younger so when kids aren't kids aren't leaving college saying i don't know what i want to do with my life i think they should have at least some general idea of what i enjoy doing and then trying to find a career that might allow me to do that and i don't know if that's correct i just right i mean i guess the the counter to your elective and interest-based learning would be what if the offerings that are more or less available at the moment don't include a lot of interests like should should the point of school to be giving the kids so many exposures that they eventually find their interest like what if math and science are both not interests what if it's machinery is that i think all that stuff should be exposed to kids more with the hands-on learning mm-hmm. instead of like sitting there lectured on a textbook because we what, 95% of my classes that I ever took I was sitting at a desk teacher at a textbook writing on the board yep. telling stuff uh, my favorite classes was like history when they're telling you stories I loved it um, 
but sitting there learning on a board, going through and just kind of looking at like diagrams. I get this how you, like a, for, a form of learning. I love lab because you sit there and actually mm-hmm. do stuff. And I found that I just applied it better and understood the nuances as I was doing it. Um, like I never went to CV Tech. Now I'm looking at it like CV Tech when I was a kid. You always looked at CV Tech as like the meat, like like a that's not as you went to CV Tech and you didn't go to like AP Math, right? Right. But now I'm looking at it, I'm like I wish I would have went to CV Tech. It's way more applicable to life, right? And, um, I think if I could go, you talk about going back, if I could go back into high school, I would have taken the tech math, the tech science classes where you got to spend more time in technology. And then I would have went to CV tech and learned to trade. And then I would have in my, in, well, again, if hindsight, there's a lot of hindsight. I wouldn't have gone to college. I would have just found some kind of trade route sure, yeah. and went that way. Or I think, I think what's going to replace college eventually is people are going to go into colleges when they find that degrees aren't as needed where you go in and you find some type of specialized one or two year course that you can take and just really just, Hey, I don't need to take electives. I'm just going to go learn about that, get my degree and then move on. And it's, it's completely driven to learn, have you learn whatever that is. So it's more specific. Yeah. Like I will take cat. She's going to radiology school. She's going for radiology. Like mm-hmm. she already know, like that's a, however many year course, but you're doing that. And I, I don't believe you need, do you need like electives and prerequisites to get into that? No, like but she could have applied at a like if she correct, wanted yeah, to at a high school, yeah, and yep. gotten right into it like a two year yep. program. Because yep. I know I had a a girl from high school that did that, and but she was like, I want radiology. I'm like, well, that's kind of cool. Cause she did like a fast track. My wife did massage therapy, so she did like a year of like a lot of very hands on specific learning, specific just for that. And it was a grind. It was almost like the uh, old nursing school. Yeah, and you just go and you just learn that, and you get all the stuff you need, and then all of a sudden, like in a couple of years, like boom, like. Dan's now registered. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the only tough part of that is, you know, nursing nowadays is going more towards expecting and requiring higher degrees. So, like, I have a two-year associate's degree in nursing, but their trend is that the standard is a four-year degree. So, I'll be locked out of opportunities until I get a four-year degree in nursing, ignoring the fact that I already so have really a four-year degree. really couldn't move up unless you go back to school. Correct. Hmm. And it ignores the fact that I have a four-year degree already. And the fact that you've already have on the job training. Right. Right. I, I, I totally, I totally agree. And I, I can appreciate the desire for a four-year degree and what it brings, you know, like nursing school is a two-year degree was super focused on the essentials to be a nurse and the essentials to succeed in your own like self-paced growth after nursing school. What the four-year degree brings in is a lot more of research. It's a lot more analytics. It's a lot more critical thinking, not about your job, but about why you do your job. So it breaks down away from the bedside nursing to more of the practical evidence-based nursing, which again, like I said, I can appreciate why that's important for nursing in general. Mm -hmm. I'm a little upset that my four-year degree in social research doesn't carry any weight in that world. Yeah. Because I, I, I think a lot of times you, and it is tough because you have to, when you're dealing with a lot of people or a lot right. of, you have to find some kind of standard. Mm-hmm. And I find um, it'd be, it'd be really nice. Like what I'm working on like handbooks for our office. And I'm like, do I really need a, this mat? All these like, like a handbook, like, like a guideline of how to be a realtor. Stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean that and just the office and policies sure, and all sure. this stuff. And it's like, and, and we're working on it and like, well, do we need to add this and add that? I'm like, 
Well, no, because I mean, I mean, yes, but no, it doesn't really apply yet. But as we grow, you it want will, it and I want to have it in place or the chance that it comes up because a lot of it's very like gray area where it's mm-hmm. kind of like, let me listen to the situation and let's just together figure out a solution. Right. But when you're dealing with, you start getting to like companies and or like this at college. Well, now in order to get to this level, we have to make some kind of standard for thousands of people. Where I guess on a small scale, they could be like. Well, who is it? Is Dan? He knows what he's doing. Like, mm-hmm. Dan doesn't need that. We can just get Dan in. But because they have the standardized thing, then you kind of get lumped into... Because some some people it helps, some people it hurts. Right. No, and, I understand. But you always have that, like, median level where I think for you, they'd be like, ah, Dan, yeah, you got to go take this. It's, like, legal. Yeah. You got to take it. But we know you know what you're doing. Yeah. Just, like, make sure you pass. So yeah. you're not, like... Yeah, and it's interesting. The, the the history of nursing in general, like, used to be a certificate program. It wasn't even a, wasn't even a two-year degree. So, like, you used to be able to become a nurse in the olden days mm-hmm. with just some education that didn't require a degree. Then they started throwing the degree in there, and that includes electives that included, like, uh, the essential classes um, and then the nursing classes. And now it's going to a four-year degree, potentially to a master's degree. And even the master's degrees are expected to now be doctoral degrees. So you're going to get see you're going to see in the community a lot more of DNPs as opposed to just NPs, nurse practitioner versus doctorate in nursing practice. Is that is that to kind of filter through everybody, or is that has it elevated, or is that a way of kind of like okay, now a lot of people have this degree, let's try to take a step further and really try to, you know, maybe w- w- you hate to say it, but like kind yeah, of like no, let's kind you. of sift out the bottom and let's get the right. people that really want to rise up. I th- so I think I think it's a little bit of both. I think that there's a there's probably a a big lobbying effort to require that degree because there's recidivism and there's, you know, money to be made by requiring that degree. But there's also probably benefits from that person who, instead of just having a six years master's degree, took another year to get the doctoral certificate in nursing practice. You know, they probably have some research experience or some extra step of thought process to make them a better provider in the end. Mm Mm-hmm. Or you get people who are, you know, great as an NP, but they just don't have the DNP. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see the trend. You think this is happening right now? Oh yeah, it's happening right now. Yeah. So, but it has not affected you yet, or it will if you if you choose to rise to a certain level of or a certain position. Yeah, you know, it's 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 already locking me out of things. Do you but, think, so? You think that it's just inevitable at some point you've got to do yeah. that? Yeah. Um, and it's how many how many more years of school is that? It's a full four. Really? Unless they take uh, credits from my previous degrees, but I'm not sure. It's been a couple of years since I've been in school. So. Wow, yeah. That's the one thing I never really want to go back. I love learning. I right. just don't know if I want to go back and do standardized learning yeah, in the classroom. Yeah, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not huge on classroom, classroom learning. Like after my nursing degree, I got a lot of certifications because mm-hmm. those were self-paced. They were, I could just get through it as quickly as possible and learn what I need to know. And it was interesting for me to learn those things, right? So I have a certification as a certified emergency nurse which is super practical to my practice. Mm-hmm. It helped me build a lot of confidence. It helped me put together a lot of uh, scenarios and experiences. And then I have a, a trauma care certified nursing. Um, I've got a progressive care certified nurse. It's all these certificates of things that interest me that I could go on and do myself without being shackled to a desk. Yeah, like when you had said, like what would you do now? Like if you had to pick a perfect scenario, and I'm gonna take out like pro sports, you know what I mean? Right. Like every kid's like, I want to be, I want to be, I want to be a professional golfer or something I mean, like that. Sounds but, like you already are. Yeah. Uh, well, 
I, I, yeah, no, it's definitely not that good. I was playing with someone the other day and like shot well. And then the next day I was like terrible. I'm like, what a, like this is it. Consistency. Um, but if I had to like really pick, I think some of the stuff that I would have to, if I could choose to do something that didn't involve, you know, obviously like the grind to get to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Everybody wants that. Like, can I just get to a certain level? level and be good at it it's like i would love something where i could probably work as much as i love a team stuff i would i don't think i'd mind just being by myself a lot because i'm like i mean i always fit kind of myself like an extroverted introvert where mm-hmm. i do like alone time i do like being by myself i do like just i can entertain myself through a lot of avenues just yeah doing researching learning watching stuff like actually doing things and i think if i could find a profession where I could talk to people, but I wouldn't have to be reliant on people. And I know that sounds weird is I'm in a business right now. There's, I'm always dealing with people right? and I love it. Cause I love, I love meeting people. I love relationships that I get from people, but there's times that things just happen. And I'm like, I, I don't like to micromanage, but there's times in my head. I'm like, I really wish I could just clone myself and be in all these positions and just handle everything because I know is that the goal of the handbook is to make your associates work more like you and think no, more like you. Never, and... They never will. You know what I mean? Like they never will. <laughs> they and, never I, but, will. And, and people do stuff better than I'm right. Not, but it's, I always look at, and you try to hire, uh, you know, you hire people that are better at you in certain positions to like basically make up for my weaknesses and mm-hmm. their strengths. But it's the idea that, you know, if there's like the reliance on people where it's like, I want, I say, I want this needs to be done. And then the ball gets dropped and it's like, I would have just done it if I knew you weren't going right, to do it, but right. obviously that's not unrealistic, you know? And there's times where I'm like, could I have a, like, I, I, I'm always envious of people that like artists, musicians, right. Um, writers, like so self got, flowing, but kind you just of... kind of got you like, you could like, I had Mark, I don't know if you know Mark Berry at all. So Mark Berry, um, author, right? Yeah. Fantastic guy. I know his son pretty well. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he's got a few, mm-hmm. few kids and, and, uh, you know, so he was here talking about it and, and now he was in real estate for many years right. and he, I mean, he had a career before this and then he went to become, um, a writer and I started asking him like, what's your day like? Like, what do you do? Like, and he's like, well, you know, I get up and do some stuff. And then I, you know, I go sit down and I just you know, write for three, four hours, five hours, six wow. hours. And then like, and then he'll go, I do this. And, and I'm like, and I'm like, ah, oh, man. Now, granted, I know he's done a lot of stuff to get to that level, mm-hmm. but I'm like, I, I think at some point in time, I would love where I could just wake up and not have a calendar, mm-hmm. not have a schedule, and I could just flow. Because I'm such a slave to my calendar. Yeah. Like, no, like I'm like, like, like looking at my phone. I'm like, we got probably like five to ten more minutes, and then then it's like on to the next thing. And I'm like, I would just like to. I mean, we're all we're all that way. Right. We had to work. Right. Joe had to get back to work, and it's like, be one. Like, could we just sit here and? We could have went for like five hours a day, just drink coffee and just relax and, t- and, you know, and shot the breeze. But that would be fun to have just like a day like that where you could just like wake up. And- well, it's interesting. The author point, like to be able to sit down and do something and have that constant flow of creativity for four hours. Yeah. I, I can't even imagine what that's like. like. It feels like it'd be, I mean, I could see if you had like the writer's block, but it seems like it's freeing. Cause you just like, I'm just like letting things happen. And, and Mark says, he goes, things just like. It just, I don't know. It just writes itself. I'm just the, like, I just that's like basically put my wild. pen on paper, but he goes, a lot of it just starts coming in. And I, you know, I don't know if that's like from a storytelling background or something. It just like comes to him. He's just like, Oh, this be cool. Cool. And he, I think he just kind of gets in, like you said, that flow state where it just rolls. That's where like, I, I well, I watch cat like sing and I'm like, it just be so cool. Just like sit there and just like spend the day strumming and just singing and not worrying about anything. And just like, you're worrying about what you're doing, but it's like a freeing state. Like musicians, like we're going to create music. And I know there's obviously stress to it, 
there's got to be something fun about just sitting in a recording studio, jamming on ideas and just playing licks and, and riffs and being like, oh, that's cool. Let's kind of jam on that. And all of a sudden, they could see the building blocks and like, we got a song. And we got like, and it just, I feel like, the, now granted, I'm probably looking at like the, the romanticized version of whatever they're doing. And I'm sure there's stuff like, yeah, we just got this and that and that, like everything else. But there's something about that that like, I would try to pick a career path where I could just like do my own thing. And still layer in some fun business and marketing on it. But like at the end of the day, I don't have to look at my calendar and be like, oh, okay, so I got this, 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 where it's like my day is like, I don't really have anything today. I just mm-hmm. like, I can just do what I need to do and just let it flow. It'd be very freeing to me. I believe it. Yeah. You seem like you'd be fit in that category pretty well. I would enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But then I always think With the like, optional networking and the optional marketing. I love that stuff. I love meeting people, but there's days where I just like wish I could get up. And there's, I have nothing on my calendar and I can just like, I got a couple things to work on, but I can just sit down, drink some coffee and I can just work on it. And I don't have to answer emails. I don't have to answer calls. Nobody's like needing me that day. And I can just like, I can just like, just do my thing. Day trader. I don't know. I, I've, I'm not big in, I, you know why I'm not into day trading in the stock market and all that stuff? I, I'm going to go take a step back. Did you ever play the stock market game in high school? No. Okay, so we played the stock market game junior, senior year. And this is kind of why like real estate's like good and bad, I guess, for me, is the stock market game, there's a leaderboard. Mm-hmm. And the idea was that like you could trade and you're trying to learn the leaderboard. So we were up against the other kids in my class. And there's like, oh, let's chase a small school, but like 60 <laughs> kids, you know? So there was legit leaderboards. You could see everybody. So I'm like, pfft. There's a leaderboard. I'm going to win this. <laughs> Competitive nature comes out. Oh, yeah. Out. So then, because it wasn't even like, but it's just the idea of like, okay, if I just know I'm very competitive with myself, but if I see that someone's doing better than me in my head, I don't have to beat that person, but I just know like, wait, if somebody can do it at that level, then it's possible. Therefore, I should be able to do it. So I'm not putting in my best effort if that's, if I'm not at that level. Now, obviously that's like, not entirely true because there's people that are just bet- going to be better at you than mm-hmm. something. But in my mind, I'm like, well, if they can do right, it, right. I'm not obviously not pushing myself hard enough. Real estate, same way. Like I, there's a leaderboard in real estate. Like I can see the sales. So me, I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> here it is. So I kind of have been like um, a little bit of a, like an addictive personality or per- uh, addictive to certain things. Sure, sure. So that day trading, the reason I don't think I would get into it, it's the reason why I don't really play fantasy football. I would go all in. Okay, I'd be enough. okay. I so I actively that. choose not to do certain things because I know I will go all in. So I, it's my next question was, are you into crypto? Not at all. Because I, I, I could see you making the argument either way. Like I could see you being like a subtle Bitcoin holder or like. And, and the only reason, part of me is like, should I pay attention to it? Mm-hmm. Because I think I should from more of the financial aspect. But part of me is also like, I know myself, I'm going to get too into it. Then I think it would cause problems in other parts of my life. Sure. Because I would be, I'd put too much time into it where it take away from work or family. And I'm like, not going to, or sleep or health. Right, like, right. Not, not into it. Well, that's the problem with the, the crypto market, right? It's 24 hours a day. Yeah. So it can drop in your sleep. And if you're not set up for it, you're not going to know about it. But the idea of a blockchain is very interesting to me. In Do you terms understand of, it? Not really. Only in the sense that it's, it's, it's at the same time private, but also trackable. So I... I don't think people that are even in 
blockchain or Bitcoin even know what it is? Because right. I've asked them to explain it, and they're like, yeah, well, it's kind of like this, that. And I'm like, you don't even know what you're talking about. It's a, it's a unique number attached to your money that travels the world. You can see where it goes. But, like, you know, I'm just I'm looking at your office and thinking, you know, it probably won't be too far in the future before somebody offers to you to buy a house in Bitcoin. Um, I posted something a few weeks. Oh, yeah, so that's already... We're already kind of slowly establishing that where I haven't uh-huh. actually had someone buy through Bitcoin, but I've had people ask if they could pay with crypto. And I'm like, right. well, it's a form of currency, so yeah. Some- you have to take it at present market value, and then you 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 as the realtor or the middleman would have to then you know liquidate it. Hopefully, exactly. hopefully you liquidate it when it's market value, or you take the chance of holding on to it and Correct. gaining value. I think it would have to liquidate day of closing, and you better have enough to make sure if it did dip, you'd still have enough to pay. Right. And that's something we haven't we haven't dealt with. That will happen absolutely. Right. I think uh, would it almost be more like working with the the buyer and the seller? Like if the seller agree if the seller agrees to take a cryptocurrency payment form, they could then choose to hold on to it. The only way I could not see that happening is if the bank doesn't value crypto as a form of currency. Okay, that's now fair. if it was a cash sale, cash is cash. So if somebody's like, "Hey, I'm buying this for X amount of Bitcoin," and seller signs and says, "I'm in," I mean, I don't see why someone couldn't. Do the, I mean, there's no insurance. You don't need the banks not right. backing it. It's right. just two people. It's, pri- it's a private sale. Yeah. And then you could do it. I don't see why that would be an issue. Now your attorneys might be like, well, but for them, it's just a new concept. So it's well, not, I guess you would, you had to, you had to pay all those ancillary people out of pocket, right? Like you, yes. you, you couldn't, you couldn't as a realtor take a cut of the Bitcoin if they're holding on to it. Unless I chose to write in like our commission is going to be paid in Bitcoin. And then again, it is, it's at that point, nobody, there's no insurance or third party. Mm-hmm saying that I can or cannot do that. If I want to choose that to t- then I, or take that, I could. A few weeks, about a month ago, I came across this article. We talked about it on Realty Talk. Somebody paid a, almost a million dollars for, it was like a certain amount of acres in a virtual land. Ooh. So if you go on my Instagram, go back probably like a month or so. Yeah. Ago, and the whole idea, which got really trippy, and honestly, Dan? I've heard, I've heard about th- similar things to this. This, this might be just based on time might be a s- episode two with Dan Frederick because I, there's more stuff I want to get to because we, we, uh, yeah, like I said, I think we had, yes, we'll, we'll probably dive into a you lot. You want to shout stuff. out your Instagram real quick? Uh, at Galen Trombley. Um, so <laughs> very, very, uh, spell, I actually in the intro to my pod, uh, to the podcast, yeah, G- G- I actually A-E. spell out my name multiple times. I, I just said, now it's like, people are like, okay, I get it. But I'm like, you won't forget how to spell my name because people usually do. Wait. For those listening through the airwaves, it's spelled. Yep. G-A-E-L-A-N. So, but, um, they bought, so I was talking with Ellie about this. I said, we always talked about real estate. You can never run out of real estate cause it's finite. It's like, there's only, they only make so much real estate. Well, now if you go into virtual land, Technically, it's not like real. You can't physically mm-hmm. feel it. Mm-hmm. But as with anything else, cost of goods is only based on supply and demand. Value applied. Yep. 100%. So if a virtual land then becomes worth more money than the house you know, on, the, on uh, the ocean side of Malibu, is that worth more? Because there's more emphasis put on it. Now, I'm like you said, well, uh, you said it before, like you can change my mind on pretty much everything with the right amount of facts. I'm very open to the idea of like vert... Could I at some point in time be a realtor or whatever in virtual land? I list virtual property and help find buyers and be that be that agent to mm-hmm. facilitate a virtual. I mean, it would be kind of cool, I guess, because it'd be like technology would then, then allow us to lessen the amount of time um, committed to certain things. Like, you know, I mean, it's like 
showings? How do you show virtual right, land, right. virtual homes? Like it's all virtual. So it's, um, I don't know, but I, I, in my mind, I'm like, that's probably going to happen because the way technology's happened at such a rapid clip. And I expect to be in this field for, you know, 40 more years. Like I really think at some point in time, virtual is where it's going to, is a possibility where, I mean, you're always going to have actual land, but you're going to go into that too. So it's kind of like a, you know, never say never, or never say it's not going to happen. Like a, like it probably will at some right, point. Right, right. To quote the great Justin Bieber. I'm texting you a podcast episode from, if we can shout them out, Planet Money, NPR podcast. Sure, go ahead. Uh, they did a episode very similar to what you're talking about, about um, virtual economies. And like we said, it's just whatever someone will pay for it, right? So it why so why, why can't somebody buy a virtual house and furnish it with virtual objects paid for in real money? As long, yeah, as long as someone values that and mm-hmm. thinks that there's enough whatever. And and who was it? The artist that sold something that wasn't even art, was invisible? Did you see about that? I mean, I've heard of like the people selling air guitars on eBay. Yeah. Well, someone sold like a, a something crazy amount. Uh-huh. And it was like, here is, the, and he called it some kind That's of That's very art. Banksy, yeah. Yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't art. The, the, this is a couple years ago now, so maybe it was broken, but the largest or the most expensive work of art sold by a living artist was in the like it was i think it was like 80 million dollars and it was a metallic bunny hmm. if you look it up it's the most expensive whatever it was called work of art or whatever from a living artist and it was a metallic bunny that probably stood about this tall and it almost like reminded me of like the playboy bunny it was kind of like this like no features it was just like the shape of a bunny with ears okay like almost, yeah. like almost like a snowman with bunny ears made of some metallic texture and it sold for an insane amount of money and i'm like so who would pay 80 90 like i've talked to this friends of mine that do art i'm like if somebody like what take that to me if i saw that in a junkyard i mean i'm just putting it like mm-hmm. from the value someone puts on it. if i saw that in a junkyard i'd be like huh that's funny it's like a bunny or if i saw it in like a thrift store down in plattsburgh I'm like I don't know who would buy that. It's a big metallic bunny. It's five bucks. Yeah, I'll buy it as a, ga- a, a joke and I'll give it to Joel. Like, you know what I mean? Right, you, you have right. these funny things, but this person paid that much for it. So I'm like, obviously, was it the person's name? Was it other people that thought it was cool? And because of their status, they wanted it over that person. You don't know what people would pay for or why they pay for it. But that's always in my head of things like that where I'm like, that's a little... I mean, the whole art world is crazy. Look at NFTs now, speaking of crypto, yeah, right? I don't, I don't know enough about those, but I know those are obviously popping. Like, it's kind of, it's, it's a really cool idea to attach an identifier to an object and then have a verifiable payment history for it. So if you bought that bunny, you would be able to know by the non-fungible token attached to it who made the bunny, what year they made it, and how many people bought it before you, what they bought it for. And that artist gets a cut of the sales every time, right? Because if you buy that bunny for $4 million, right? Then you get sick of it after 10 years. I'm like, Galen, that bunny's great, but it depreciated a little bit. I'll give you $3 million for it, right? You sell it to me for $3 million, that artist doesn't get any of that three. They only got the four that you bought it for. But if it appreciated above, they would have got the cut of the above. Not even. If, oh. if it's an NFT, if you have an agreement with the buyer when you bought it or the seller when you bought it, that in perpetuity, they get... 2% of every sale, right? So you, you bought it for 4 million. I bought it from you for 3 million. The NFT attached to it uh, states that that original artist gets like a royalty fee for it. So, cause like NFTs, I've seen NFTs being like, if you bought one of these, this gets you access to something too. 
Right. So it's, it's an NFT is just a simply non fungible token. It could be anything. People can buy or people are selling like their unique memes. You know, so like the the person that made the meme of the success kid that's eating sand on the beach. I'm sure you've seen that one. Yes, the kid's like. Yep they like, they sold it. the 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 mother of that kid whoever took that picture sold that as an NFT. So they still have their name attached to it, and they sold it to somebody else who now owns that image. But if that person ever sells it, the original artist gets a cut. It, it it's trippy, but it it's all, it all comes down. You said what you value you put on it, right? And it, I mean, real estate the same way. There's no price right. tag. I always tell people there's no price tag on real estate. Someone's right. asking for something. Will you be willing to pay it based on a lot of factors? So ima- imagine if you, as a realtor, knew who built every single house in the area, mm-hmm. and every time somebody sold a house, the builder got a cut of it because it was a te- their name was attached to it in some way in perpetuity. In perpetuity, that's kind of what an NFT does it allows a transaction history to be attached to an object to be verifiable to be trackable it benefits the artist more than anybody else in my opinion so when you create it but in order to create it and have any value behind it you have to do something to get to the point where someone would value it well yeah but that's that's, that's true for anything right like you could build a house and if no one values it it's not going to sell but i mean if like hypothetically i create an nft however and then you know, Elon you, you, Musk. You could you could create a Galen Trombley show NFT. But if like I did one and Elon Musk did one, the value someone would pay for that grossly outweighs what I would have, just because of what we've done prior. Right, right. But but you could you couldn't make the same one. You know, you you could not make an NFT based on the Tesla logo. Correct. Yes. But he could. Yeah, and I mean, Elon could make one based on this mug. You know what I mean? In theory, if, if he created the mug. If he yes, or or Cat could make one Kat, based on that yeah. mug because that is the mug that she made. So if Cat made this as an NFT, which would actually be digital, wouldn't be the real thing. It might be an image of. Well, it, would, it it still would be a non fungible token that's connected to that mug. So that so it would go in like a digital wallet, as Correct. Galen Trombley is the owner of this mug created by Katrina Rigsby on this year, and it is it's a it's like a. And it's a digital tracker for that object, or it's and, a purely digital object. And and again, no no offense to Katrina, but like if <laughs> I if I had that at this point in time, and someone would be like, oh, "What's that worth? X amount of money?" Right. Then all of a sudden, she like goes internet viral with her singing, and all of a sudden becomes this like massive Correct. music star. And then I'm like, "Hey, remember that mug you Correct. made back in college?" And I'm like, "Wait, wait." That girl made that mug. Now this it spikes yep. in value because so a lot of it is dependent on other factors. But yep. it's it's a very cool concept. It gets back to that bartering. It gets back to like it the does. old, the old yeah. fur trades back in the day. And it's like I'll give you this for that. And I find there's a lot of value. It's like the guy that bought a house with paperclip. Like that story. Like oh yeah, build, up. building up. Yeah, yeah he kept trading. We played that game in here in town when when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, it was kind of cool. Um, like I, I ended up with a TV. Really? So my my whole thing was uh, um, Pokemon cards. I did that. Okay. I started out with Pokemon cards. Um, I ended up getting one Pokemon card. Girl gave it to me. And I was like third grade, and I remember trading up, and I got. A, I kept trading up, and I started. I was like, "Hey, I'll give that's you one cool. of these cards for two of those cards." Oh, that's really cool. Then I okay, I got two, and I'll give you one of these for one of those. And all of a sudden, I get the shiny ones, the hieroglyphic mm-hmm. ones. Everybody were rare, so I got like, "I'll give you these five for that one." So I just kept like leveling up, and a lot of it was a sales presentation. Like, I think this sure. is worth that. And I'm sure like, you're ah. good at that. As a it was like it was just something kid. that naturally came yeah. to me, and but then I remember getting a Charizard. Now I wish I had the Charizard because they're worth money. But Isn't that back, crazy? The whole other economy of so, trading which cards. Which actually, I gotta go. Fi- I still have Pokemon cards. I have to uh-huh. go find them, and I want to literally just liquidate them now because I, I think they're going to drop in value. Oh, for sure. Because what happens is right now we're tapping into the nostalgia of people our age that are having kids that now are getting popular and whatever. Yep. So I end up tra- trading the Charizard for an entire book of some. Somebody mm-hmm. gave me all their cards for one Charizard. 
And we're getting the Charizard, and like, I'll give you my entire binder of cards for that. I'm like, deal. And I ended up trading back, and I got another one. But I had at that point, I had like, say, 200 cards for one. I'm like, absolutely. Now I have this huge portfolio. That's, so, that's super cool. Yeah, now I'm like, I'm going to take 10 of these. I don't care. I'm going to take 10 for one, and then you start trading. Because, again, he valued it so much, but maybe that one doesn't value right. their Charizard right. as much, and then he got it back. So, um, Dan, again, right, man. because of time we got to wrap this up, but um, I would like to have you back sometime in the future. Kind of like Joel. I'm like, when did, when's Dan coming back? And all of a sudden, it might be a year from now, but hopefully less. <laughs> It'll work out. Um, this was good. Episode 150. It was fun, yeah. Episode it's 150. Number brought, to be the only on. guy to ever bring a whole thing of coffee, which is near and dear to my heart. And he said it was the first um, client to get you coffee on a sale as well. So Yeah, and you also brought me um, some good beer, too. Oh yeah, it was spicy, wasn't it? You, yeah, you brought me. It was decent. I brought. Well, it was a pretty heavy. I, I drank it that night when I got home. It was. It was a heavy. It, it packed a punch. Yeah, it was. It was, a, it was a spicy coffee beer. I think. Yeah, it was. It was a good. It, I you got it. I, I got it. Peed. Old Mountain. Yeah. Yeah. Old Mountains. That's at Old Mountain, right? The yeah. counterculture. Um. No, it's great. Um. Yeah, we'll do this again. This is yeah, fun. man. Good awesome. catching up with you. Good seeing you again. And I'm. I'm sure we'll I, see, I'll, this, see you co- dynamic, I'll see you at the coffee shop or something. Yes, this dynamic between you and Joel was great because half the time I didn't realize like that, like everything you just did, like so Joel's head was spinning. My head spinning <laughs> more, but Joel was spinning. He's like, wait, that's why you had me. You should you should see us golfing sometime. Like I haven't I haven't actually stick golf. Golf golf or disc golf. I haven't di- I haven't stick golfed since high school. I worked at Bluff. Is that what's called stick golf? I mean, that's why I compare it to. Like if I if I say golf, it's golf, right? Yeah. Froth would be frisbee golf. Okay, but you should see us out there doing that sometime. And just Joel's, like this, so this is golf, golf, like how I know it. I have not golf golfed in years, but I'm going to go back into it, and that'll be okay. hilarious to see. You might see me on a tournament, just having I'm, a I'm, hilarious time. I'm down. You should come see us disc golf, or we go come to disc, disc golf. We go to Katieville Swing Plattsburgh as a course. Really? We just drove to Saranac Lake, went to Paul Smith's for an 18 hole course. Oh, you guys are in it. Oh yeah, we're we're having a lot you know of fun. Chris Verkey? No. We don't. We don't. We haven't gotten part of any of the local leagues yet. Chris, but. Ver- Chris Verkey like win, is like winning tournaments. He's, a, sure. he's a very good athlete. He went to Plastic State, uh, All American hurdler, and um, good athlete. But he's into disc golf. Not to derail or prolong this, but apparently disc golf is blowing up right now. Like there's an there's an ESPN channel for it. Like ESPN two is taking it on board. There's a PDGA. I played it once and it was fun. It is fun. I just I I only played it once. It it, like but it just good. like just like golf, right? It's all about technique. If you don't have the technique, oh. you're not going to have fun. You're going to be when off in the woods. It. Yeah, you got a little bit of different yep. equipment. So, um, all right, train's going to lead us out here. <laughs> That's episode 150. We're going to another round number, historical number. Um, we're only 50 away from Elon, so this is great. Uh, but Dan, I appreciate you coming on, Joel. I know you're not here. Hopefully, you listen to it. Um, hope you enjoy that tie. And thanks for having or thanks for coming on, buddy. And that's it. Episode 150, Gail and Trombley Show. Thanks for listening to the Galen Trombley Show. If you want to reach me, you can go on Facebook at Galen Trombley, on Instagram at Galen Trombley, and on YouTube at Galen Trombley. The spelling, G-A-E-L-A-N-T-R-O-M-B-L-E-Y.